We're gathered around this table tonight to bring you another episode of a Slice of Gaming podcast for November 24th, 2023. I'm your host, Moonlight150, and we'd like to thank you for giving a slice of your time to a Slice of Gaming podcast. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Rest in Peace, and Audible. And be sure to check out our sister uh, program, A Slice of Anime, coming up this week. Uh, so we got a light news week today. I think everyone's out buying uh, Black Friday stuff, so they forgot to post news this week, because we got literally nothing. Uh, but to indulge in all the nothingness of this episode, we got our extra co-hosts. So let's introduce them. Uh, it's stuffed with stuffing. It's Wolf. The fuck, man? <laughs> not fat. Lost in the cranberry sauce, it's Fusion. I hate cranberry sauce. God damn it, I took a gamble with that one. <laughs> Uh, piling on the mashed potatoes, it's dark. How's it going, guys? And your local turkey wrangler, it's Bench. Ham is better than turkey. I mean, oh my facts. god. Hey, wait, facts? Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. We gotta derail this thing for a second. What the fuck is this? Ham is better than turkey? Ham is just been... better. Ham is just better. We... I... <laughs> okay, one, first of all, I can't... Why is ham wet? <laughs> I mean, it goes ham, chicken, turkey... What chicken? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Okay, yeah. What bro. is this turkey hate? What it's is this? not wait, hate. Wait, wait. It's just, it's just, just kind of mid. Fusion, don't type in chat. Don't type in chat. Fusion, say what, it with bro? your goddamn chat. Type in your chat. Ham is better. How about you actually say it with your goddamn chat? Ham chest? is better. Okay, say it. Oh, how is it Ham better? Is better. I can't. It's I wouldn't better. know. It's, it's better. Still. Yeah, you wouldn't okay, know. Okay, what about what about it is better than turkey? Turkey, this juicy, tasty turkey. And what is better about this? D- d- ham is sweet. Disgusting, sweet. Because you got this nice honey ham. Like if you get a honey, I'm not talking about. We're talking about like a honey baked ham. Yeah. Or even a black eat, forest ham is also pretty good if too. You, if you want, okay. If you want something sweet, eat ice cream. Why do you want sweet in your like savory Bro, it's dish? It's not sweet like ice cream. It's not cream. sweet. It's, it's not, not that kind of sweet. Are we not going to talk yeah. about how this guy said turkey is better than chicken? No, <laughs> no, I no, no, he said, I said chicken is better than turkey. turkey. Yeah, I said oh, ham, that's... chicken, turkey. Wait, okay, where does beef rank? Oh, yeah, beef, uh, beef is at beef? the top. Okay, good. Beef is at the top. Mm, oh my beef, god. Okay, this it depends on the product. <laughs> what do you... Depends on the product, because like there's <laughs> burgers and stuff, and steaks. Okay, maybe beef is at the Fusion, top. Fusion, be quiet. Yeah. What's your steak take? Wait, wait. Fusion. Let's just get into the news. I mistake. do like steak. <laughs> oh, okay. Who Say it with your chest, like Fusion. A jab. I don't know. Jat doesn't like steak. Oh, Jat doesn't like steak. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, Jat will not be here for Slice of Gaming anymore because apparently he has the wrong <laughs> take about I just realized he's Indian. He can't eat steak. That's probably why. Well. Well, let's get into. Oh, the we news. have to like tag in the chat right now. Is this <laughs> why you don't like steak? Are you just assuming? <laughs> no, I'm not assuming. He's him. <laughs> why are you asking him in chat? Like he can't. He's Hindu. He really talked about celebrating a Hindu. Okay, he's like clarifying right, right now. Okay, now he's talking. No, he's clarifying something. Well, he's paying attention oh to God. other stuff. <laughs> All right, let's actually move on with the show. This is not a slice okay, of wait, Thanksgiving. So this is a slice eat. of gaming. Wait, okay, yeah, so Jack can think... eat beef. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> news. Uh, video game show. He's wrong. <laughs> it's a good thing that we actually don't have much news today. We can just goof off like this. 
It's fucking crazy. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, anyways, Light Newsweek has Moonstrike planned as well, though, about like a little Thanksgiving themed thing. Um, but we gotta start even the over. Quiet. Over Black Friday. Bench. Okay, okay. Spoiler. Black Friday uh, takes after Thanksgiving, guys, so wake your turn, boy. <laughs> Look it up. So, our first news story today Stella Blade. Remember that? Well, we got a bit of an update. Uh, Okami Games Barely. has this over on Twitter. It's an update. Uh, Stellar Blade developer Shift Up formalizes a publishing deal with Sony Interactive Entertainment. Quote, through this contract, Shift Up officially becomes the first Korean company to join Sony's second party uh, partner program. So what this basically means, uh, Sony now is the publisher of Stellar Blade, and they're very much going to be much more hands-on, kind of in a similar way before they bought Insomniac with how they handled uh, Spider-Man. Uh, I, I think this is a good thing. I think with Sony's resources, they can make the game like be even better than it was like already. Like it all, it looks great, but like from what we've been hearing, Sony seems to have much more of a direct hand into this game's development, and it seems to be for the better from everything that we've been uh, hearing. The real question is when we're actually going to see this game again, because apparently it's still scheduled for this year. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make it, guys. I, I don't know about that, Chief. Game Awards Shadow Drop, let's go. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I do think it could be at Game Awards. I think it has a very high likelihood of uh, getting a trailer over there. Sony likes to kind of like show off their smaller like stuff at Game Awards, like save the big stuff for, well, usually save the big stuff for PlayStation experiences. We saw how that still at, at the same time, they like to save like their bigger stuff for experiences. And then something like a Stellar Blade makes sense for a showcase like this. You know how hard it was? It's like I still can't find it. I cannot find a list of second party PlayStation Studios. I searched for like I don't 30 think second party yeah. Second party. Yeah. Yeah, so it's literally just like they are in a relationship together. Like it's That's very I mean, much. But there like, should be a list out there somewhere that of like Sony has, and it's just not there. Because it's Hell, whoever <laughs> makes Helldivers, is that second party? Yeah, that's second party because they don't own that studio. The, the the big thing about second party is that hey, you're we're publishing this game, but like you're you're developing, we're publishing, but we don't own you. That kind of yeah. thing. Well, I was just like because they because the article said this was their first Korean studio, so I was like, well, they probably have a list of studios out there of like second party, and like I genuinely cannot find it. I tried so hard. I will, I'll ask you though, Fusion, if this game does well, do you think that yeah, second party could become first party? Yeah. Okay. Well. Was Ember Lab second party or was that just a deal? Uh, who are they second? Ember Labs. They made kind of. Ember. Was that second party or was that just That's a deal? Party. Sony funded the game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sony funded it. Yeah, I think this is like there's no. Obviously, they have worked with second parties and not gotten them. They probably like like Helldivers, the Helldivers team, and like Ember Lab. But I feel like you don't pick up. What's the studio's name again? Sorry, Shift Up or Shift something? Shift Up. Yeah, I feel like you don't pick them up without the expectations of if this game is really good, we'll get you. Because I feel like they would be very cheap. Like, I assume the studio won't cost a lot. Exactly. This feels like, this is what PlayStation likes to do. They like to call it their organic growth of, like, this is the exact thing that, like, they like to do. And, like, they don't have a Korean studio, do they? They like, don't know, like even in the first party. So like, it just be their very first. Yeah, it'd be very cool to just see. Granted, we have to see the game first. It could suck. What we've seen in the game looks cool, but like, 
I feel like if this game does hit, I guarantee within two months, they'll be like, yeah, this is now a first party studio. Yeah, and I, I do kind of want to bring up, like, it seems like Korea is starting to really have a, a blossoming games market. I mean, like, we just saw Lies of P a couple months back, and everyone seemed to be very happy with that game, um, despite <laughs> ulcers being having, like, with Fusion. <laughs> but it's still very much a very popular game. People were a big fan of it. And I do, I, I'm glad to see Korean game development seem to get bigger as well. But yeah, that's pretty much it for that story. Very quick update, if anything, but still a cool thing to look at. It's just Next a game thing. that I'm still looking forward to. Exactly, yeah. Next update. Hey, guys. Who's your favorite game uh, publisher in the industry? EA? Ubisoft? Nah, nah, nah. Embracer Group. And this is uh, one of the reasons why they were our favorite to talk about here. Swedish gaming giant Embracer confirms laying off 900 employees. Shuts down 15 games. This comes from Peter Petter Hegeval over at Game Reactor. Uh, we have previously reported on the Swedish Embracer Group's negative results and the failure of the giant deal, which led to the closure of studios and the dismissal of 5% of the workforce. CEO Large Wigforce confirmed yesterday evening that 900 developers have been laid off as a result of that and are now working to stabilize the business. Saints Row Studio Volition had closed down completely, while Tomb Raider developers Crystal Dynamics, and this is a new thing that we're hearing about here, uh, Crystal Dynamics have been forced to lay off 10% of their workforce too. There have also been rumors that Free Radical Design have all been fired, and the new Time Splitters has been shut down by Embracer. This, while Dead Island 2 made a profit after being in development hell for several years, and Payday 3 is already making a profit despite a troubled launch. And this is a quote from our big CEO, Lars. It's never easy to part way with talented individuals. I would like to put on record a special thanks to the people who have left Embracer in the quarter. These are difficult decisions, and we do not take them lightly. It is crucial that the program is carried out with compassion, respect, and integrity. Load of bullshit. Uh, yeah, Embracer Group. Very fun company to talk, talk about. I said this last week, and I'll say it like every week. Like They're in the news every week for this exact same headline. It's like every week they're like, new layoffs at Embracer, new, new layoffs at Embracer, something happens at Embracer. It's like, when do they just give up? Actually, maybe. <laughs> like When do they just Either well, that's give the away the too, too far in. I just say yeah. either they, they, they have to start up. selling things off, or it seems like it's just never going to end. Like, was there has anyone was there ever? I can't think that of a time in the gaming space within the last like three years where people were excited for Embracer or people were like, "Oh, okay, Embracer, so this new publisher with a hundred things." That's the thing. We were we were excited. I remember this when they first started buying up uh, IPs, like when they first bought that Time Splitters IP and said, "Oh, we're making a new one." All that stuff. We were excited because it was like, "Oh man, they're buying up all these studios. Like, what's going on? They have to have a plan." Guess what? Narrator, they do not have a plan. No plan. No plan. I, I just, I don't know where they go from here. Like Fusion says, maybe they. They try to sell it it seems like that big uh deal that fell through we know at this point it was probably a, a deal with saudi uh saudi arabia that big deal have affected them way more than we thought because <laughs> they seem to be making way more layoffs way more like negative press than ever before and it's kind of like when they actually do release games it's not like they perform that badly or i don't want to say that because saints row was a thing i guess the better thing to 
to say is that Dead Island 2, that, that was a recent one where it was an Embracer win. But the issue is that they have so much baggage that even a win like Dead Island 2 isn't enough to really off- offset all they have. And that kind of just says a lot about the state of the company at the moment. Every Dead Island 2 that they have, they have a golem, so... Mm-hmm. Which is on the them too, so it's fucking crazy. Well, that's the thing. Every Dead Island too, they have they have like two golems, because <laughs> uh, like it, it just feels like they always have a failure along with their successes, and they just can't figure out what to like. They bought Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Can we talk about that? They bought Lord of the Rings, and we just all let it happen. Like, what were we supposed to do about it? it it's insane to me. How uh, like somebody sat down, right? They had a a board meeting. So this is always one thing, but they had a board meeting. They're like, let's make a golem game. <laughs> and people like a golem. That board meeting was like, you know what? I like it. I, I, I just don't know. I feel like I they, don't know what they made the game without watching Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's not a single person in that boardroom who knows what Lord of the Rings is. They just see, oh, big money IP? Okay, let's do something with it. Unfortunate. Uh, let's hope. Embracer isn't in the news next week <laughs> unless they want to hit three for three. Maybe we're gonna get Kotor news for the tenth time. Yeah, they'll be they'll be in the news. Then they say more layoffs are coming. Kotor, Kotor still exists. It's still in development. No, it doesn't. We could, should we talk? Let's talk about that. Uh, let me pull up the story. So, uh, Kotor. <laughs> might be working on jason schreier put out a report he says this on twitter can't say whether the kotor remake will ever actually come out but yes two people from saber interactive tell me they're still on it despite recent rumors that nobody named saber took the project from aspire last year as bloomberg reported then and then someone he responded to someone who said like i would really love to know what was so bad about the demo aspire showed that jason replied the demo wasn't egregiously bad or anything like that the bigger issue was misalignment between the parties about scope and how much progress they could make within a given timeline all right guess all right. So let's just you call it that out sounds like to me. <laughs> you know this game's done it's dead i it's think so what jeff Mac. it's not that's the thing here's what i'll say jeff grubb said this and i fully agree with him this game does not work without a partner like Sony. Sony wants nothing to do with this game. And you could say, oh, Microsoft, EA. This game was shown off to Microsoft and EA and several other publishers, and they didn't want it either. I can't imagine they'd want it now. This game Microsoft, doesn't exist. They went to Microsoft first, and whatever they showed Microsoft, Microsoft saw this, they were like, no, <laughs> which is crazy. I, I like that is crazy to me. Like I feel like what you would want it as Microsoft. Like what did they show? I like, remember it's one of those first, things. At first, everybody was dogging on Microsoft. Even when I was too, I'm like, why would you skip on this? But this was originally an Xbox exclusive. But yeah, like, they kind of all this news board. comes out. I'm like, wait a minute, maybe Microsoft <laughs> saw something. <laughs> maybe they saw something we didn't. I mean, it's interesting to say the least. I let's just say right now, over under this game ever comes out, I'll say no. <laughs> ever? If you're talking about ever, ever. I say yes, but not under these circumstances in like 10 years it'll be like a different group i think this is still silently worked on by like three people over the next 10 years and it'll come out and be something that was never planned originally and then we called think... an indie game at the game awards yep <laughs> something i want to point out though because you mentioned in the the article they were like oh yeah this is uh like they're talking about the scope of the game why are they talking about the scope of the game if they have the blueprint? Like, just do a one to one remake. So that's the thing. I think they were wanting to do a more like a, an RE4 remake style game. 
but that wouldn't work then, of course it doesn't work <laughs> yeah that's the thing it wouldn't work they wanted to basically change it from turn based to action and no that's no yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I guess that's not going to happen. They, they, if you look at a lot of the things that released about it, it was like, oh, they took inspiration from um, other action games. Like, I think Devil May Cry was one of the ones they cited. And How I, the I fuck just, would that work? Well, that's the thing. I think it could work, but the, they will never know because I guess the scope changed. Like, if this game ever comes out, the original it will be a wonder. Original Kotor is dirt cheap most of the time, especially now with Black Friday. It is a fantastic Star Wars game. Probably one of the best Star Wars games. Let's go play that original. position <laughs> that coming out no time soon. I tried. It was too old and bad. You children. You children. I haven't played it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay. Little kids cannot handle a lot of crustiness, alright? The game uh-huh. isn't good unless there's crust. If your game is perfect, that's a bad game. That's all I'll say. Moving on. Okami games as our next one. Near series producer Yosuke Saito says they'll continue to make new Near games while game director Yoko Taro is alive. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> that is a wild quote. However, they are currently working on a new game unrelated to the Near series, which they hope to talk about next year. Very quick, oh. interesting headline. <laughs> uh, Near I'm games sad. still exist, guys. I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> I'm sad because I was the whole time. Uh, me and a lot of other people were thinking, "Oh yeah, you know, because he has uh, the near mobile game. Maybe he's working on like the successor to Automata. That's like the next big game to get everybody into." And he came out with this. Nope. Me, he ain't even started it. Like... I mean, <laughs> whatever time, that new game is, yeah, it's gonna probably be good. Yeah, I I had heard some like rumblings about a Dragon Guard remake. I can't imagine that's the case. Um, that'd I... be really cool. I mean, I can see it happening. Especially I could see it happening. Because if if you want to think about it, when you watch the near anime, <laughs> there's stuff tied to Dragon Guard specifically. <laughs> there's, there's stuff tied uh, to everything that this man makes, okay? No, like, he, he there is things he... tied specifically to Dragon Guard that if you did not Yo- play Dragon Guard, you'd be confused. Yoko Taro could take a shit and he's going to find a way to incorporate that in his next game. Like, that's just how it works with this guy. <laughs> I don't get it, but hey, you know what? Respect to him. He's a legend. Moving on. Destiny 2, back in the news. Uh, this is a quick one, but interesting to say the least. Destiny 2 has hit its lowest player count in franchise history. Sony Interactive Entertainment and Bungie Destiny 2 has hit its lowest player count in the franchise history. Steam database statistics have revealed that Destiny 2 has uh, its lower player count, hitting a 24-hour thousand and fifty-nine players. After a series of layoffs, problems at Bungie's continue with the game, losing a large number of users and not meeting its goal. Um, there's a bit more, very much the big thing. It is interesting. The lowest player count in history is 38 K players in a 24 hour peak. So that is still like, man, that is a lot of players still. But despite that, I think it's very clear to see people are not happy with destiny at the moment. The funny thing about this too, because I was looking into this after like all the news about Bungie and everything came out. So in terms of armor and stuff, like, like cosmetics, Destiny for the main story, all the cosmetics are really like ugly looking. But then they they come out with these random collabs like recently, like the other day they announced that they're doing a collab with The Witcher for some really nice looking gear. But you can't earn any of it; you have to pay for it. <laughs> but the stuff that you can't earn is like disgusting looking. I mean, that's kind of the big problem at the moment. It feels like a lot of <laughs> one of my favorite memes at the moment is just like, "Oh, dude, you should play Destiny 2. The gameplay is peak." It's like the peak in question, and it's just a credit card machine. <laughs> like that's kind Pretty of the much. big issue. 
that's the issue. It's like it's so much money being spent just to like play the content. And then I still can't believe this is a real thing that there's content that they just remove from the game, including previous expansions that people pay for and they just remove it. I I cost like hey. there was a post showing on PC because on PC you can see everything together. How much money it would cost to get even get into Destiny to the catch up. Not even including the latest expansion. This is everything before the latest expansion. It was like five hundred dollars. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be hard for them to get new players in. Sorry, go ahead, Fusion. I just want to point out this is the same studio that apparently shut down factions. Like Bungie, come on, guys. If you're shutting down factions, put your these guys game, in charge. <laughs> now I need you to go back to the drawing board and figure it out. This faction is gonna come out though, probably. Okay, yes, it will. Shut up. We're talking about bungee. We're talking about Actions, but it's just a roguelike. No. Actually, Anyways. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. I, I'm willing to hear about. <laughs> what we're getting with the remaster. Maybe just like yeah, expand that's... upon that instead of a standard live service game. Okay, okay. Bench, you have not played Factions. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just only, trying to only, like... This, only listen, people who have played. This is a boring conversation. I'm trying to be different. My man said, boring conversation, then leave. <laughs> I think that Destiny 2, I feel like we say that every year, though, Destiny 2 has this moment where they're like, it's the lowest player count. My granted, this is in history, but I feel like every yeah. year we say this, and then the next expansion comes out, and they break, they break numbers again. Like, it's the well, cycle of Destiny 2. That's the big problem, though. The last expansion, you know, when it was this low player count thing, and then it was the next expansion, that was Lightfall. That was just a bad expansion. If it's a Witch Queen, people are very happy about Witch Queen, but then the next expansion being Queen, Lightfall. The latest one? No, Witch Queen was the year before. Lightfall. Really? I remember it came out It came out the week before Elden Ring. I was looking into this as well, because a lot of people were talking about... So when Witch Queen came out, apparently Bungie went above and beyond. Like They added new class mods and things people wanted for a super long yeah. time. They had a lot more quests and stuff. But then with Lightfall, they added the very bare minimum. <laughs> so the that's like what the issue is that they're not really having the same levels of commitment with each expansion now you see the, during destiny one era there was a completely different service every expansion was stopping the other one and they were putting everything into it but those days yeah. are no longer here is the final shape next uh final shape is next yeah and th did they say that was the last expansion nope I mean, I can't imagine what's after that. Though. I think they're not going to stop. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You have to think about it, though. Like, is it worth going more or just, like, focus on Marathon and make that the next big thing? No, it's worth going more because Destiny is still one of the biggest franchises at the moment. It is still Maybe. one of the biggest live service games. I don't think they can do anything to Destiny 2 to make it attractive to new players. That's just, yeah, like, no, that's out the door at this the, point. The, that's, you want to know how you do that? Destiny 3. The yeah, thing is, when they did that with Destiny 2, it was the biggest mistake of their life. <laughs> they it, it worked, though. You see it those launch though. player numbers for Destiny 2? That yeah, and look what happened after, like, a month afterwards. <laughs> no, that's fair to say, but, like, at the end, I, I think Destiny 3 really is just the only way they could fix it. <laughs> oh my I, God. I think... I think... If there's... There's gonna be one more expansion after the last shape, and they're done with Destiny 2. I just can't imagine they're completely done, though. I think, like, I that think, is I think either Destiny 3 happens or a new IP. There's, Destiny 2 came out in 2017. Be. It is seven years old next year. 
because they keep calling it an MMO a game that is constantly updated. Which, they yeah, called definitely one an MMO in that game. <laughs> yeah, well, because the big thing is in a few years. So the big thing with Destiny One to Two, the reason is because Activision very much believes in the sequel uh, thing. So you know, you see the constant Call of Duties instead of just one Call of Duty live service game. Or with Overwatch, they did Overwatch Two. God rest its soul. Uh, in this case, this scenario, like they're not under Activision anymore. They made Destiny Two because that was like showing them and going like, "Oh, make a Destiny Two because Destiny One numbers weren't enough." I can't imagine they will go with that. I hope they go with that strategy, but I don't know. It's Bungie. Hey, we don't know what Jim Ryan told them before he left. I guess he's still there for a few months, but we don't know. Yeah, you know, Jim Ryan. I'm going to say, the last shape is DLC 7. I feel like you end on DLC 8. That's a nice number. You get out of there. And at this point, it seems like, what, it's a DLC a year? So, like, let's say they go 8 DLCs. That's 2025. Your game at that point is going to be 8 years old. Marathon will probably already be out or about to be out. Well, Marathon. I don't think they want Marathon to replace Destiny, though. No, I don't think they do either. But how long World of Warcraft's been going on? Think of, that came yeah, out when? Yeah. World of Warcraft one of one, other than Final Fantasy no. fourteen. I think but, you um, can say that about every MMO. Is basically they live. Final on Fantasy forever. fourteen actually, if you want to, if you really want to get into it, that had a full blown reboot because it was a disaster yeah. at launch, and it got rebooted. I, and that's why so many people trust you. That's kind of why Destiny 2 needs to like have that reboot. I think a reboot helps. It you helps. Know, you know what? The, you know how they do that? You delete all the old expansions. They have, they have <laughs> other oh, no, IPs in the work too. So like how Bungie's a big company, but I don't think they're large enough where they can have. They can still work on Destiny 2 and Marathon and two new IPs. Like that. That just seems like too much. So at some point, either Destiny 2 has to be moved on to a new Destiny game, which I assume, like, Destiny as a franchise is too big to probably move on from. Like, you have to make a third if you yeah, move on you from Destiny 2. One. But, like, I feel like at some point, just making that third game is easier than trying to save Destiny 2. <laughs> like, For sure. just get to what you want. Like, figure out all the, figure out whatever else new stuff you're making. Because, like we said, they said they're making multiple new stuff. Outside of Marathon. So, like, we already know Marathon's coming. We've seen a trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Destiny 2, we know there's the final shape. There might be another DLC after that they haven't spoken about. But it's like, it feels like at some point, Destiny 2 is coming to an end. Like I said, it's about to be seven years. That's I a decent, that's a long time. I just think, even if, I don't know, I just feel like by, tw- by 2026 and three years, I don't think Destiny 2 is up and running anymore. We'll see. We'll we'll see. Bungie is a very fun company to think about. <laughs> look at all the news regarding them. But again, we'll see. That's definitely something to look out for in the future. Something else to look out for for the future, the far future, <laughs> is Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. Um, Shinobi has this. The game has been delayed to the second half. Not the first half. The second half of 2024. Quote, to provide the time needed to properly polish the game and to ensure the best possible experience, says Focus Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be waiting for this one. (laughs) I am kind of surprised and also not surprised because they literally, they said it was going to be this year for so long. And then at the last minute this week, they were like, oh, actually, it's going to be delayed. Not just like a a few months, just a full on year. 
which I don't know. I think that's wild <laughs> to say it this late. Yeah, this is dumb. I'm mad. I don't think, I don't think it's bad at all because um, Zelda did the exact same thing. They just didn't mention it. Yeah, you're comparing Zelda to Warhammer. Yeah, if you really want to get into it, if you really, if you really want to get into how it's done, during one, GameCom, one which was a couple months ago, Nintendo, and the other one's called I don't know who makes where. <laughs> I know Focus, Focus is the pub- aren't they the publisher? So during Gamescom, uh, they had uh, they sent people play a demo of the game, and one dev said, "Oh yeah, the game's coming out soon." But then on Skillup's video, he said that a dev told him that the game is very far out. They already knew about this for a long time. The developer is Saber. Oh, okay, I was just saying, I thought Focus. I will give them credit though, because they came Focus, out and yeah. said it. That is being delayed, unlike Silk Song. That game is not coming out this year, and they haven't said it. Okay, okay. Well, you said give them credit. No, 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 no. You gave credit. They waited until literally the last month of the year. <laughs> no, no, it's still November, bro. <laughs> Oh, no, oh, last two months. Okay, that makes it better. It's the, the last, last week of November. Like, <laughs> he said something. Silk Song had to said shit. You yeah, gotta wait. Wait for the Shadow yeah, Drop. Silk Song 2025. Like, it's still coming. 2024. Excited. I just don't understand. Um, a whole year. Like, I don't, I don't know. I thought... No bugs. I thought, every time I, I thought every time I saw this game, it looked really good. And I was like, this game looks close to done, granted. Games have showed little slivers before, and then you don't know how the rest of the game looks. But I don't know; it just feels very odd that I felt like they were so confident for months that it was going to be this year, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Oh no, we're we're actually great." They never gave a hard date, but they they did weren't pre-orders up or like something something was like I don't know. They were just I felt like they were going to hit the winter, and they. Obviously, did not hit the mark. So maybe some, maybe something came up. There was a giant bug in the game. I mean, it happens in game development where you have something last minute. We're like, wow, this is too big. Like this is gonna push us back a while. A year you before know, Tears of the Kingdom came out, the game was delayed, and we found out after its release that at that point that it was delayed, the game was fully finished and playable. But they delayed it just to make it as bugless as possible. And for the most part, the game didn't have any issues. If they take the same approach, which I think it is, which I think they are doing, I'm pretty sure Warhammer is done. I don't have an issue with it. With Baldur's Gate 3, though, they should have done it. Oh my God! Shut up. <laughs> Wasn't Baldur's Gate 3 like pre-release or whatever for like a couple of years? Yeah, 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 it was like yeah, a pre-release for like for a little two years. longer. This big broken. baby is sad because it's gonna it's gonna beat Zelda. I know. I'm sorry. It's it's we weren't we were, we were even talking about Mother's Gate. It's because all this mind. This that poor indie <laughs> franchise Zelda, you know, like it just it never wins. His night, bro. He gets nah, to sleep and he starts crying. Speaking no. speaking of games that seem like they're close to complete but aren't actually aren't. Ah, I could have thought of a better segue. Either way, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time remake. Um, Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft Montreal has an update on it. Okami Games had this uh, quote: "We are glad to announce today that the project has passed an important internal milestone and development is progressing. We look forward to sharing more in the future." Now, this is a kind of a game that felt like a weird red herring for uh, Ubisoft, kind of in the same vein as Beyond Good and Evil Two, where it's like this game's never coming out. Uh, I think now I look at this, um, Ubisoft Montreal is a much more developed. Um, I guess a reliable studio than I think it was Ubisoft India that had this before. So like having someone like Ubisoft Montreal, I think they're much more likely to get this one out. And I, I, I think it could come out like next year. What did Ubisoft Montreal make? 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I know I just heard their name. I've heard their names more than uh, Ubisoft India. This is like India's first project. Okay, their last game was Roller Champions. Not a good game, they, by the way. Like, we're off to a great start um, there. They, they're one of the like big Ubisoft studios. They That's make the thing. Four yeah, well, okay, here's here's the thing. So, list of Ubisoft Montreal games. They've worked on Splinter Cell, Prince of Persia, Rainbow Six, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, Child of Light Transference, For Honor. They, they've clearly, they're one of the bigger studios. <laughs> okay. I trust them. Not really, but I trust them. No, actually, I do like Bro- Ubisoft Montreal. <laughs> I used to yeah, like, I was about to say, it's like, Roller Champions really hurt you something. <laughs> no, my favorite, it's just my, I think my favorite Ubisoft studio is Quebec. I forget whichever one made um Odyssey. Odyssey. Clearly your yeah. favorite as you remember the name. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was them. And they made South Park. The fractured butthole. Oh hell yeah. Like they're oh, yeah, the best I, forgot you. I just I think it's well, I mean fractured but I need to play it. <laughs> I, I like Stick of Truth. It's such a good game. Is it better than Stick of Truth? I think so. I personally yes, but I know some. But I can see people. It's like one of those things where they're both good, but they're they're different because they change the combat style. It's no longer like oh, the, yeah. t- the standard turn based. It's now on a grid. It's more tactical. It's a game I want to get to for sure. Another game I want to get to. I'm not going to get to this game. I, I'm just looking for segues. Immortals of Avium. <laughs> uh, oh, you are looking forward to that. Uh, no, I was not. <laughs> Chris Scully had had this game over of the year. At yeah, sure. Better than Zelda for sure. Uh, Mortals of Avium Studio layoffs were down to he left the call. We're down Bench to poor sales in a crowd. We're down to poor sales in a crowded market. Man, this is a great podcast, by the way. Uh, of the Brett Robbins says he hopes a fifty percent sale and a major update will attract new players. In an interview with Xbox Expansion Pass YouTube channel, Brett Robbins was asked about the decision and so. 45% of the game staff. Robbins replied by pointing out that Ascendant was one of numerous sta- studios that laid off the staff this year. It said the main reason for it was that the game simply didn't sell enough copies. Quote, it's crazy time right now. There's an article every day about some kind of huge layoff, and it's unfortunate. It's certainly the hardest thing I've had to do. You work really hard with people. They put their faith in you and trust in you, and you want to honor that. But as much as you have to make a decision like that, it really sucks. We are an independent company. We're not EA. We're not a large organization. Our bottom line required us to sell a lot of video games, and we didn't meet our targets. And that's just the unfortunate dollars and cents of it. That meant we had to do some layoffs. There are so many things you're going to make a game that are out of your control. Certainly, the market can largely out of your controls. And it was unfortunate for us, but my hope is that people, uh, again, and that with our next project or future projects, we continue to grow. Um, It's kind of an interesting thing. And we also got... A small comment from him as well in the interview. This comes from Hazardor Gaming. Brett Robin, CEO of Ascended Studio, says Immortals of Avium Game Pass and PS Plus. Yes, we are talking to them about getting the game onto both of these services. We don't have a date yet. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen though. Yeah, Game Interesting. Pass. Interesting. They should have put it on Game Pass on PS Plus from the get go. I really should have, and it's like kind of shows they kind of messed up not doing that because this. If you guys remember the player counts for this game, oh god! <laughs> Literally People nobody didn't even say was, it was bad. It. it was just a solid yeah, seven out of ten okay. in a year. We're almost it was a solid set of seven out of ten when a year when everything's in almost ten out of ten. Okay, I don't feel bad. 
they delayed <laughs> themselves a month into like everything else. This is the game that was supposed to come out in July, and they're like, you know, actually, we want to come out between Armored Core, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. Like, they You're did this hater. themselves. Oh, my hater. They they... No, he's right. They were, they they were going to come out in July. The closest thing awesome. next to them was Oxenfree 2. I love Oxenfree 2, but that wasn't going to do nothing. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're going to come out a day after Armored Core, or like whatever they did. Like, they. I doubt it like... really affected it that much because they're such vastly different games, but it definitely hurt a little bit. It definitely didn't help, I think but it... I think they needed anything. <laughs> like, Well, that's the thing, though. The game, like as Bench said, it was just like kind of like whatever 7 out of 10 game. It, like, the thing about Immortals of Avium, one talks about it because it's like just not an interesting game to talk about. The only time I, like, Gollum Immortals is anyone ever talked about the game was when how much it was failing. Dude, even pre-release, yeah. like the game just didn't really look that interesting. Nobody was like, oh man, Immortals of Avium, that's going to be on my I mean, calendar. I was, it was interested like, because oh, I, I, got love, I like Doom clones, but it's like, not for $70. <laughs> yeah, that's it was $70. Thing, was it? Right? Yeah, it, was. it was either 60 yeah. or 70 and It was so, a pretty like, short you... game, because I remember, like, Skill Up was, like hours was one person who was like, he was like super, not super into it, but he recommended it because he's like, this is the weird... He almost called it double A, where he was like, this is the weird double A game in 2023 that you won't experience because of how massive 2023 games are. Like, if you just want to lay back for a night, put this game on, you're going to enjoy it. But most people in a year like this aren't going to go out of their way to put these type of games on when they can play a Zelda or a Baldur's Gate or Alan Wake. It just doesn't happen. If it was $30 at launch, I think it would have been a completely different story where people would have been actually into it. Or as Dark said, just put it on Game Pass at the start. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't try to work out. Yeah, they, because yeah, they should have looked at their original. numbers and been like, you know what, let's just take the bag from Microsoft or Sony. Yeah, just do it from both. Like, if you have a new IP rate and you kind of like, you, you put the first trailer out, you can kind of gauge how people are reacting to it. And like, after the first trailer, everyone kind of formed an opinion on it and be like, okay, just throw it on Game Pass and you're going to get money. Regardless, from both companies, there you go. There, and then maybe there's also if you, oh, if you do it like that, you're gonna get more eyes on it, right? So that maybe if you make a sequel, you can then be like, okay, we're not yeah. gonna do Game Pass or whatever. Well, there's also the possibility that Sony and Mike, nah, we don't want it. <laughs> we don't want to pay for it. I mean, that's possible. But I am also like, I've seen Microsoft put like yeah, weirder games they want Game Pass. I guess and maybe they ask too much. Yeah, it that's, been... that's entirely possible. They were like, we're like fully committed to our game. We believe in it. It's like Microsoft could have offered them something. They're like, no, nah, it's too low. Put it higher. And then Microsoft's yeah. like, yeah, you, we want it, but it's not for that much money. Yep. I just hope this well, doesn't ruin the EA originals. Well, this game. Oh, that scares me. Won't, but like, EA, like, I feel like EA's been doing really good with their single player department. Like in the past oh, few yeah. years, and especially their, like their original stuff, and I'm hoping like this doesn't make EA be like, see, this is why we only want live service battlefields and live service Apex. Like, like I really, I'm hoping hope not, yeah. something like this doesn't scare them away because it's the same gamers who tell EA like, stop making this live service stuff that won't buy this video game. Like it's those <laughs> same gamers that will be like, EA only makes multiplayer games. They say single player is dead because when EA tries to make single player projects like this. Granted, it feels still like 2010, but when they try to make things like this, no one buys them or no one cares about them. And then EA is a business. They look at this and they say, this is not making us money. We're going to pivot again to straight multiplayer or straight live service or like we'll get less of these projects if they keep bombing like this. Which, granted, I think this is the first I'm trying to think 
No, because Wild Hearts was this year, and that didn't do very yeah, well. well they were both two year, EA yeah. original games this year. That both looked <sighs> cool on paper, but just maybe it was just the year. Like maybe if they came out last year, they would have done a little better. But nah, it, I think what it is is just the games themselves weren't that interesting because you were getting a kind of crappy Doom clone and a kind of crappy Monster Hunter clone. Like it wasn't like the games were bad. Tens. <laughs> you're, exactly, you're they were sevens. They were clones of games that like. Well, I'd rather just play Doom, or I'd rather just play Monster Hunter for both of those games. So, I I, I, I I also hope that they don't get rid of the EA original label. I actually think EA's single player department has actually been surprisingly good the last few years. Uh, like uh, that doesn't say anything about their sports department, which somehow seems to keep getting worse. Getting worse. <laughs> I know. I know you're the Madden guy, Fusion, or at least you used to be. I don't know if you play it anymore, but I'll oh, tell you how bad it's bad. getting. And I haven't bought it in two years. Look, if EA wants to yeah, make money, right? if they want easy money, take the first two Dragon Ages and give them the Mass Effect treatment, and there you go. Like the Mass Effect oh, Legendary yeah. treatment, and it will pop over. Those games are really fucking good. How have they not done a Dragon Age collection? Yo, like... Dragon, even I mean, that thing, Dragon Age, Dragon Age Origins is like <laughs> that is free money on the table right there. I just, yeah, it's weird because like Mass Effect collection did insanely well, so it's like the logical step would be, oh, do Dragon Age, but we haven't even heard a peep out of it. Granted, we also haven't heard a peep out of Dreadwolf, so maybe they just forget that this franchise that exists. I don't know. people off until Dreadwolf comes up, but they didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> like, yeah. EA won a game of the year two years ago, but it takes two. Like, EA's been... An EA original. Yeah, like, they have... Like that label works. They've been they they've been cooking a little bit. It's just they, and then like you have the Dead Space remake that people really love, and like you said, the Mass Effect trilogy was very successful. So they have these like, good. yeah, they have these really. EA still with these last two like Wild Hearts and Immortals, like even with them, they're still in a way better spot today than they were even just four years ago. Like four years ago, I felt like they were multiplayer only had the multiplayer stuff and the respawn. It was like respawn was the only light at the studio. They come a long way from the time when they were uh, were ranked as the worst company in America two years in a row, which yeah. is still crazy when, because it's like, a, wow. When the CEO was actively saying single player games are dead, like he was like, yep. single players are dead. Remember that like, tweet for a, oh, like yeah. a year or so ago from EA when she, when she's a games? ten, but she only plays single player games. <laughs> yeah. Oh she's yeah. Right. <laughs> Someone got fired. That's what it is. Yep. Moving on from the big state of EA discussion. <laughs> um, COD 2024, this comes from Okami Games, is reportedly called Call of Duty Black Ops Gulf War. A uh, new Black Ops game set during Gulf War of the early 90s. Round based classic Black Ops maps like Grind and WMD. Let's fucking go. Activision is exploring a large pre-order bonus with several days or possibly several early access for the base game and zombies. Uh, interesting details about this. I think Gulf War was almost like the next step because like Cold War, they did that. Uh, that was like late 80s, so it makes sense to go right. I'm interested. I hope this one is good. Obviously, we saw with Modern Warfare 3 how horrific that game was. But this is Treyarch, and Treyarch is a pretty reliable studio outside of Black Ops 3 and Black Ops 4. But every other game, they do pretty oh, high quality for that. Black Ops 3 is fucking great. What the fuck? You are, what is this revisionist history? No, no, no. no. What Black is this revisionist history? They didn't have a campaign, but the multiplayer and zombies especially were really good. No, 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 no. You cannot Black Ops 3, that. No, Black Ops 4 didn't have the campaign. Black Ops 3 had a campaign, and it was dog shit. 
Oh yeah. Was yeah, we don't talk about that one. Black Ops 3 launched the campaign. The multiplayer and zombies was also really good. Black Ops 3 launched with five game modes. The most in Call of Duty history. Black Ops 3 is a top five no, Call of Duty. I was standing by Oh, top five? Yeah, it's true. No, yes. no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. You yeah, do not is. say that when Modern Warfare 1 and 2 exists. Like, that immediately takes up two spots. It's Modern Warfare 1 and 2. And then you have fucking I... um, other ones. Black Ops 2, Black Ops uh, 1 Black Ops 2. Better? There's no way you say it's better than Black Ops 1 and 2. Do you say that? No. Oh, okay. he's thinking. But it's up there. <laughs> it's up there. It's. I think the only ones I put like, higher on it, higher than it is COD Four, Black Ops Two. Okay, what is this Modern Warfare Two revisionist history? Hang on. I don't. I don't. I don't think Modern Warfare Two is that good. I think Modern Warfare Two. Is For your original. You're talking about no, really, you're talking about original, right? You're talking about original Modern yes, Warfare Two. Original. And I think you are I think insane. You're looking, well, hear me out. I think. If you're looking at it right now, I think the Modern Warfare 2 maps were always remembered better than they were. And there is a what? big reason right now no. that Mo no. You guys are no, no, no. Okay, you guys don't come from like. I guess I'm speaking of a. Looking back on like, the competitive right? No, I'm Hang looking on, back at, on, on, a, on a competitive standpoint of like. Modern Warfare 2 was fun because we grew up with it and that's what we know. But if you look at Roast in the Glass of the Modern Warfare 2, you were getting shot across the map with Ranger shotguns. Every map was massive. Like, even the maps right now, the Modern Warfare 2 maps all got remastered, and they feel absolutely massive in Modern Warfare 3. It is a huge complaint. A lot of Modern Warfare 3 complaints right now are about the maps, which are all Modern Warfare 2 original maps, because people are like, wait, these maps really weren't that good back in the day. Like, we're remembering... Bella? Terminal? Yeah. <laughs> on a scale... High-rise? On a one-to-one scale, Black Ops 2 was what people... Re think Modern Warfare 2 was. Like, Black Ops 2 was the perfect Call of Duty with the best maps the franchise have ever seen. Oh. And people are like, all they only think of Modern Warfare 2 because that's the Doritos and Mountain Dew and we were in high school, we were in middle school okay. and like, that's all Modern Warfare 2. We wanted it to just feel like it was no, a no, special no. moment in our lives. That's I have a counterpoint. No, 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 Bench, you don't get to talk about Black Ops. I've played it Black Ops, so I want to say I'm excited. Cold War was fun. Okay, Cold that's good. Awesome. good. I do like Cold War. No, okay, we need to talk. Okay, Fusion, you say rose tinted glasses. Me and Moon went back to Modern Warfare Two earlier this year when the um the servers came up. That game is still fucking awesome. That multiplayer is still a bad fucking game. insane. No, it's that better no, Call of Duty for sure. What you're saying about the balance being so dog shit is kind of what made it fun. Was that the balance was so ridiculous that everything was overpowered? You had noob tubing. You had sniping with the Ranger shotguns. You had this ridiculous like basically like just this chaos especially if you play ground war and on high rise crazy maps that's what made it so fun was because it was so chaotic it felt like an unbalanced mess which led to crazy clips fun moments just an overall experience better than any other call of duty game in my opinion and you had a god tier campaign and you had spec ops like that's the, that's why modern warfare 2 is my favorite I would never argue against someone who puts Modern Warfare 2 in their top five. I'm only arguing that Black Ops 3 is a way better game than you were giving it credit for. Like, Black Ops 3 had a parkour mode. It had full five zombies. It had a campaign. It had a multiplayer. It had a lot. I, it had the best. I want to go played. back. With the game played. with the last best prestige system. It had the best camos in the entire Call of Duty franchise. Black Ops 3 had a lot of good to it. And you're I not giving the Black Ops 3 credit. <laughs> I haven't played Modern Warfare 2, but I did play Black Ops 3 a lot, and I actually went back and played Black Ops 3 Zombies, 
recently, and while the multiplayer is a lot of fun, man, I didn't have fun playing zombies. Then again, I'm not. Well, also played zombies. Origins, bro. <laughs> you played the hardest map. Yeah. I, I mean, well, it was funny. The wall running is cool. More games should have that. I, I guess it's my campaign braid thinking yeah, because I, I could see if you like the campaign, 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 campaign failed. But, but no, okay. Every so, other aspect of game, it story over gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> the story was dog shit. That's the thing. It was so dumb. But um, not the zombies. The zombie story was popping off, bro. Okay, so here's Blundell my thing. Blundell was he was cooking, bro. When he it, had to when be it, there. When it comes to Call of Duty, like the quality of a Call of Duty game, to me, it's fifty percent campaign, thirty uh, percent multiplayer, twenty percent side quests, being zombies or spec ops, anything like that. When your campaign is that good, I will forgive your like multiplayer. I didn't play that much of the like this campaign, to be fair. Infinite Warfare had a really cool campaign. And I think that game gets a little overhated because it's like that campaign was cool. <laughs> yeah, well, so I, think, I mean, if you want to go down I think that the problem road, is the COD community is total opposite of you. For most COD players, it's 80% multiplayer, 10% campaign. Call zombies is the like no one cares about the campaign. Truthfully, you and I love the Call of Duty campaign. I love the Call of Duty campaign. I'm saying 94% of the COD community could care less about the campaign. They can't name a single yeah. person. That is the goes. unfortunate truth is that yeah. the campaign is an afterthought to like, most no people. No one cares about the campaign. That's why I they like, didn't have... make a campaign for several games. No, no, no. Okay, so here's my... Well, they only didn't make a campaign for Black Ops 4. That was the only okay. one that never had a campaign. I played that. That Battle Royale was fun. So here's my thing. Yes, you're right that like a lot of players didn't, don't care about the campaign. But there is still, like what you said, like there's still a very large subset of players like me that maybe don't think of the campaign as the primary, but still think of it as a major aspect of the game. Look at Modern Warfare 3. You want to know why that game is getting dogpiled? Isn't just... A lot of people hate that campaign. That campaign is dog shit in that game. Oh. So everyone is dogpiling on Modern Warfare 3 because that campaign is so horrible. In defense of the campaign, right? Even though, like, it's not... It, we heard rumors that it was supposed to be an expansion, and it 100% is. In the files is listed as an expansion. In the campaign oh, yeah. is proof of it. The, the campaign wasn't bad per se, even though like it did things I wasn't a big fan of. It was okay, but it's just an expansion. It's not a fully fledged campaign. I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Listen, we may we clearly disagree. Maybe we do a separate topic of our favorite Call of Duty games, then we can actually like yep. really see how bad this COD measuring contest gets. If you want to talk about like can't cause to get shit on that had amazing campaigns. Your ghost is up there, bro. <laughs> I will stand by this. Okay, ghost I'm sorry, but that multiplayer. Campaign. Okay, ghost is the only one where I'm like, holy shit, that multiplayer is so bad. I didn't even fuck with the campaign. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> that multiplayer, fucking amazing. <laughs> that multiplayer, bro. Fusion. Remember leaning. <laughs> yeah. Um... Remember fish. Actually, I think ghost gets hated on it more than it should, but ghost wasn't great. I still Dude, I think it's a good call. Of Duty. I mean, like but okay, worst map. I'm about to get like, Infinity Ward rant because Infinity <laughs> Infinity Ward. <laughs> this is what they've been doing. Even Modern Warfare Two. Every think of every Infinity Ward map ever, and they're gigantic. They are genuinely giant. Oh yeah, they're way too the big. <laughs> like hey, even Rust is Thurman. tiny, bro. Okay, they well, made that's one. That's like the exception. Terminal yeah. is he the size of map, actual, bro. <laughs> Terminal is the size of an actual airport. It's a good map, but you gotta think of. Call of Duty was played so differently back then. When 6v6, people were slower. Like, we, it's still 6v6, but now everyone has, like, super slides. And, that, like, back in the day, the maps mesh well. 
and we didn't care. We didn't have the monkey brains where we all needed all we needed to engage in gunfights. Back in Call of Duty, we used to like have a gunfight every thirty seconds, and that was fun to us. But now that's not Call of Duty anymore. None of the maps yeah. work. None of them work, and it's been, every Infinity War game for the past decade have been these garbage maps that are the size half double the size of every Treyarch map that ever comes out, and it just doesn't work. They keep making these maps that don't work, and no one likes. And then you have people no, like Dark that just excuse them, and they're like, Modern Warfare 2019 was great. Modern Warfare 2019 ruined Call of Duty. That game is great. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Bro, this took a crazy... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did like, you say it's the this? worst Call of Duty? What's this? No, it's in my bottom three. Oh, it my ruined God. Call of Duty. It ruined Call of Duty. In what ways? It was, the first Call... it was the first Call of Duty with doors. It was the first Call of Duty with non-original minimap. Why did we get rid of the minimap? Why were we like... You guys remember the game locks with no minimap? Okay, you gotta remember the minimap was literally just like a looking at the minimap simulator for half the time. That's why they got rid of it. It was like, Bro, this is ridiculous. Why are we changing something that's been in Call of Duty for 15 years? It's Call of Duty. It's an arcade shooter. No one asked for Call of Duty to all of a sudden turn tactical. No one was like, oh, I, I want a tactical shooter because I'm playing Call of Duty. No, you have Rainbow Six Siege. You have actual tactical shooter. We were playing Call of Duty for the arcade gameplay. That's why we liked Call of Duty. That's why Modern Warfare 2 was awesome. That's why Black Ops 2 was awesome. Modern Warfare 2019 comes in, they're like, oh, we have doors. We have the most realistic sounds in the world that you can hear me across the map if I'm not crouching. We took Dead Silence away. Red Dots are gone. This, this, it wasn't a good thing. Modern Warfare 2019 was nothing but a foundation for Warzone. Call of Duty at this point is just Warzone. That's all they care about. Battle Royale, it's yeah. a cash grab. That's why we have Modern Warfare 2019, and that's why we've had three Modern Warfare games in four years because of Warzone. Like, Call of Duty is not in a good spot because of what 2019, the foundation of 2019. That's fair. No, I, I'll give you that for sure. I, I, I just remember really enjoying it in 2019, and again, that campaign is really awesome for Modern Warfare 2019. Like, I genuinely had a lot of fun with it. But, I mean, what you're saying about foundations, like, I, I have not enjoyed a Call of Duty multiplayer since uh modern warfare 2019 so i think that very much is the reason where i think that one worked for me because it was like oh it was something fresh something new but then all the other multiplayers is like it's building off that foundation and it's like man this is not very good actually and I, I, yeah and i don't agree with you it call of duty needed a refresh i just don't know how at, call of duty needed a refresh and that was their way of doing it with 2019 and i think now that we've had four to five years with that engine and that refresh people are like we miss what we had for 15 years. You know, we're like, we did, this is not, it was cool for one year. Then it was a second year, then a third year. And now we're in the fourth year. And we're like, man, like this is, we don't want this. We're tired of, we have Modern Warfare 2 maps and we added doors on them. Like, why do we add doors that you have to get through on the original Modern Warfare 2 maps? That just adds an extra layer of annoying, like that you're playing air, you're playing terminal. And now you have random doors in places that didn't have doors. And it just makes the ma the maps flow less. Like, I don't know. It's just, uh, maybe I'm alone, but I, I, I can't be alone because I've seen it all day. I, I live, breathe, and die Call of Duty, sadly. <laughs> but, like, it's sadly. not. <laughs> it has not been the same for years. Bro, out big complaint is Modern Warfare 2019. Like, I know some people love that game because it was fresh, it was new. But if you just look at what it's done for the franchise, it was one of the biggest mistakes in Call of Duty. We can move on point. to whatever topic we, we Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can talk real quick. Go for it. I mean, sounds cool. Treyarch coming back. Apparently, that's, that's the one that's the studio left. Yeah. yeah. The sledgehammer. Oof. 
I do want to say like one last thing. It's not gonna be uh, this will be like a really big launcher card because of Game Pass. Yeah, is this the first? The numbers one? are gonna be third of. Yep. yep. I don't know if they fully confirmed this would be the first one. With this is the first one. Oh, is it? Okay. It is yeah. interesting. I I hope that works out well. I, I'm very excited to see, like, I'm, I'm this is going to be one I play because it's on Game Pass. I want to, like, Modern Warfare 2, you know, the new Modern Warfare 2, I keep wanting to pick that up, but it's always, like, $44 still, and it's like, I'm not spending $40 on Call of Duty. <laughs> so, like, the Game Pass deal makes me excited. It's like, okay, what can, maybe now we can actually play these old Call of Duties and the new ones day and date makes me much more willing but yeah very exciting to say the least uh so needless Moving to on. say look forward oh, to our call of duty retrospective food cover because that's about oh, to happen God now bless. i'm definitely gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh tom ivan at vgc has this one hideki kamiya expects platinum to continue the bayonetta series without him the bayonetta director says it's quote a shame he won't get to complete his vision for the franchise uh, prior to his shock departure from the Japanese studio last month, Kamiya served as Platinum's vice president and its most senior creative force. In a new video on his YouTube channel, Kamiya said he expects Bayonetta to live on while expressing disappointment that he won't get to fulfill his vision with the series. Quote, as I explained earlier, I worked on Bayonetta 1, 2, 3, and Origins, he said. I've talked about this in various interviews that the Bayonetta series would consist of a total of nine episodes. <laughs> God bless, and that I wanted to grow the franchise as the Bayonetta saga, but it seems like I may have taken the full saga to the grave with me. It's a shame. It's not like I own the Bayonetta IP, but I suppose those who do will keep it going. He's obviously very bitter about... He's extremely bitter. (laughs) There's something happened. What was his vision? Because Bayonetta 3 introduced so many ridiculous concepts, like multi-dimensions and shit. Like, what was he... (laughs) I Listen, have to imagine his project GG probably got canned, and that comes yeah, to leave. So yeah, no, that's for sure what happened. But here's my thing, real quick. I think Bayonetta will be fine because I'm gonna say this right now. I don't care what Bayonetta fans say. The story of Bayonetta is absolute dog shit. None of the games have a good story. None of them. Bayonetta one dog shit story. Bayonetta two dog shit story. Bayonetta three dog shit story. They have never had good stories. So. I don't think anything bad will happen to the series if Kamiya's gone, because apparently all he really did at the end of the day was like direct them like, hey, this is kind of what I want the gameplay to be, which now they know how to do the gameplay, which is easily the best part of those games. And he did the story, which he was very bad at. So, hey, you know what? Well, if he's gone, I don't think Bayonetta, I think Bayonetta will be fine. <laughs> what if he like opens a studio or goes somewhere? I, I would assume some talent's going to follow. I mean, maybe, but, like, I think, I, I'm just saying, like, I, what I'm saying is specifically, I think Platinum and Bayonetta will be fine, because I think there yeah. will be enough key people at that company to be able to keep the franchise afloat and working. Even then, I don't know if they even want to continue Bayonetta, because if you look, the sales number for Bayonetta has never really been that good. So maybe they do want to move on to greener pastures. I don't know. It's an interesting franchise to look at, because it's one I love. I really love Bayonetta, but I don't love it for the story. The story is horrible. It's never been good. Moving on. Uh, This is a funny one. (laughs) Assassin's Creed Mirage had a little pop-up ad and led to a bit of drama. So uh, they uh, responded uh, on Twitter. We have been made aware that some players encountered a pop-up message in-game while playing certain Assassin's Creed titles yesterday. This was the result of a technical error that has now been fixed. 
Our intention was to display a promotion for Mirage as part of the franchise's news in the main menu of other Assassin's Creed games. Unfortunately, this technical error caused the promotion to appear in one of our in-game menus instead. We want to ensure the best player experience possible, and these disruptive pop-ups were removed were promptly removed once we learned of the issue. We appreciate your understanding as we investigate the cause of the issue, the AC team. Uh, Fusion was saying this before the podcast, and I think this is 100% right. Why do they always say it's a, a glitch, a bug, when they this do like weird... This intentional. Yeah, they wanted to test the waters. They wanted to see if people would get that mad about it. They saw people got mad about it, and then they said, oh, it was actually just a glitch. My bad, guys. I don't know what's going on with this. The clip that was like provided that like sparked this whole thing. He was it was so aggressive. <laughs> it was literally in the middle of gameplay. He was playing the video game and there's just a giant ass pop of ad. Where it's just like is this what Ubisoft wants? <laughs> like they want just to advertise right to your face while you're playing the video game? Because I'm not a big fan of that. At this point, I'm pretty sure they just do this so they can be in the headlines for like a week. So people are like, oh, I should try this game out. <laughs> they're like, they're like, we're just going to throw pop-up ads, so you're going to talk about Assassin's Creed Mirage for the next week. And they get <laughs> back in the news. And, but was Ubisoft... What's the, I don't know if, if you guys are going to remember this news article from like... La, it was early last year where some publisher was like talking about ads in video games and how they wanted oh, take to put two. like... Oh, it was Take-Two? How they were going to want to like, yeah. like billboards and stuff in their video games. I think that was take two. I, I do remember there was like actual advertisements in NBA 2K. Like le- legitimate like YouTube advertisements in that game. Yeah, I don't know. Because Ubisoft seems like they would be one of them. Like I would, my total immersion would be broke. If I'm like playing, yep. <laughs> playing a game and an ad pops up, I'd, I'd be checked. I'd be like, what just, my, I'm getting off in a day. Like this is awful. Yeah. God bless Ubisoft. Uh, hopefully they get better. <laughs> they won't. We'll see. Hey, they got that Japanese game coming out. That Japanese Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah. That, that looks interesting. I'll, I'll have to get my eye out for it. But that's everything for the news story. Like we said, very light <laughs> news stories. But definitely ones that we decided to shift it to completely different topics. This is the kind of show we're running today now, guys. But we want to move on to topic of the show. Very fun topic, very cute topic. We just had Thanksgiving over here in the States um, yesterday when we're recording this. Um, so two days ago from when you guys are hearing this. And we kind of want to talk about what we're thankful for and not thankful for in gaming. Like a little fun topic, kind of saying like, what what are the things in the industry that we're fans of? Maybe things we don't like, what we want changed. Uh, we've clearly talked a lot about the stuff that we're not thankful for in this episode already. But like, I definitely want to like, get more industry-wide as a whole in our eye, uh, in the way that we want to talk about this. Um, I'll start. One thing that I'm thankful for, single-player games making a big comeback. I think if you look at what was happening around the PS4 generation, almost like the late PS4 generation, you had this weird thing where a lot of developers and publishers were trying to move away from single-player. They were trying to create into a live-service publish, live-service trend, which is still very much a thing. But I think now we're seeing much more commonly stuff like Baldur's Gate 3, like Tears of the Kingdom, like um, several, lots and lots of single player games that came out this year that have sold immensely well, extremely well, way above projections for these companies. And they are starting to understand slowly and surely, we're trying to get it to them, that single player games are not dying. People want to play these games. And I am very excited to see kind of what the future of the industry is for single-player games and what they can do. Um, 
but yeah, that's pretty much it for me in terms of being thankful for that. That's just like I, I think I'm very excited about that we're starting to see like developers like from software, Insomniac Games, who fully believe that yes, single player games are here to stay. We want to make them a thing moving forward. Just a game campaign. That's it, and I love it. Um, Dark, how about you? What are you? Th- this man bench always wants to cut ahead. Fine, go ahead. <laughs> I'd say, well, I think it's developers are finally and higher ups and companies are finally getting the message that not everything has to be a live service game. So I'm pretty thankful for that. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, we're starting to see like Sony could scale back their plans. I mean, these things it yeah. sucks that they are getting like canceled and um a lot of them are getting shut down, but also like it's starting to get that message across. So I think yeah, that's sure. important. Because if it if no one got a message, who knows where we'd end up? Because yeah, single player games for the win. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Dark, what about you? What are you thankful for? In so I'm this might be like kind of like the opposite. I'm thankful for. Well, I'm not saying we should have more like uh, life service games, but I'm thankful for the good ones that we have. You know, like Fortnite, Apex. They give me something to do. Oh, Apex. Is great. <laughs> like, Apex is there put reluctantly. There is not that much besides Fortnite. <laughs> but like, if you want to look at the top life service games that perform well and people enjoy. Fortnite and Apex would be among two of the highest alongside Warzone. That's fair. And That's those fair. games, I, I'm a big fan of them because it's something, it's enjoyable enough for me to always go back to in between like the larger releases. Because I'm not going to be playing like Spider Man 2 or whatever, for instance. Nobody's going to be playing that, unless I'm sure there'll be some people, but no, for most people, you won't be playing that single game for who knows how long in between releases. So th- these live service games, to me at least, is what I go to in between. And they, they serve their purpose and they're a lot of fun. Yeah, no, for I, sure. I, I want more of these. I think the ones that are here should stay and everything else should they quit. But is that good or bad? No. I don't know, but yeah. No, no, I, I understand where you're coming from. Basically saying, like, yeah, live service games can be good. Like, it's nice to have that comfort food game, that game that you could just go back to, run a few rounds. Like, that's kind of just multiplayer games in general. It's nice to have a multiplayer game that you can always jump to before a big release, you know, or if there's, like, a big drought and you're not in the mood to start something brand new. It's like, okay, why not just go into a big live service game or something? Totally get that. Uh, Moon, what are you thankful for in gaming? Uh, You guys kind of took it all, the single-player resurgence, or maybe not resurgence, but like the reinforcement that it's here to stay. Even the few live service games that I even also partake in, and like Fortnite and Smite, it's good to have those. I I was going to say something else, but now I can't remember what it was. Yeah, let, let me yeah. do Fusion. Fusion. Like, I did have something, for? and then I'm like, and then I kind of got distracted with Clark's <laughs> Fortnite thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is a good one. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'll have to come back to uh, that. Oh, yeah, I'll go back to you. Fusion, what are you thankful for? I got two, okay? Is that allowed? Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. First, it's a studio, Remedy. I am thankful that Remedy can exist as a studio still and be successful. Like, they're one of the only, they're a very unique studio in all of gaming where they just do what they're going to do and they do really weird stuff. And like, I love that people are eating it up. Like people are like, not looking at their studio, like what is this weird studio doing over here? It's, it's finally working, like control, it worked. It like started to work, like people like Remedy, but they made Quantum Break, people were a little lower on it, probably because it was an Xbox exclusive. Anyways, they made control and Xbox tag. <laughs> The main 2019, the big show in 2019, people were like, oh, Remedy's really cool. And now with Alan Wake, you're starting to see, like, 
Remedy become maybe not the premier studio yet. Like they're obviously not a rock star or Naughty Dog, but they're coming like that A tier studio where people are like, wow, Remedy makes really cool games and they do it differently than everyone else. And like, I'm just thankful that they haven't sold their soul yet. Like Sam Lake is still Sam Lake making crazy video games that only Sam Lake would make. They were, they were considered um, what you were saying. They were considered a double A studio when Control came out. Now, I think with Alan Wake 2, they are closing in on becoming a triple-A studio. Maybe not to the level of a Naughty Dog or a Rockstar, but very close. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. And then my next one, I want to be a Jeff Keighley simp real quick. I'm thankful hey. for that. E3 has died, but I'm thankful that Jeff Keighley still tries to do things. Like, Summer Game Fest, no one talks about Summer Game Fest enough where, like, I'm still happy that someone is still doing these events because without Jeff Keighley, who would be doing the events right now? No one knows. Nobody. PlayStation he, doesn't he, do anything. Like he knew Xbox, what had to be done. Yeah, exactly. Like no one's giving great people still give him his flowers, but I feel like without Jeff Keighley right now on Summer Game Summer Game Fest and even the Game Awards, like the event stage for gaming would be maybe non-existent other than when the first oh, public yeah. like when the first party publishers do something and playstation doesn't do anything anymore xbox tries and they do a couple good shows a year nintendo just like shows up randomly with their directs which directs are cool but it's never like an event yeah. like they used to be they're never like yeah. on stage it's all digital pre-recorded they can now. be but it definitely lost something after yeah. smash ended <laughs> Smash was like one of the big things that always made directs exciting to look forward to. And now that Smash is completely done, it's like I'm still excited for Nintendo directs, but not nearly to the level yeah. as I was in like 2019. So I'm thankful for that. We still have like Jeff Keighley at least trying. Like it's never perfect and it probably would never be a perfect system. But like at least in the past few years where we haven't had E3, it's been nice to be like, hey, at least we have Summer Games Fest. Like at least that's a thing that every year I'm like, I can look forward to a few weeks over the summer. I can watch this. I know he's going to be there for Gamescom. I know TGA is coming around. Like at least he's trying to do things to keep everyone involved because like I said, honestly, without them, I don't know what the events would be. For sure. I'm right there with you. I'm a big fan of Jeff Keighley. It's like what you said. It's like if Summer Games Fest doesn't exist, then like we always complain about Summer Games Fest and the issues with it. And like clearly there are issues that I think he is improving on. But like, you know, we have our issues with it. But at the end of the day, if Summer Games Fest exists, it's like, what do we have to look forward to in June? Like an Xbox show and that's it. And I want more than that, I guess. So yeah, I'm right there with you. But now it's not to get negative. All right. <laughs> Time to yell and get mad. Uh, what we're not thankful for in gaming. What do we hate? And uh, I know uh, this was one of our things that we're thankful for, but I'm going to say it. I fucking hate live service games. I think live service games have been a massive, massive downgrade for the industry. I think what Dark says is... Uh, very clear where it's like yeah one or two is good you know you have your de like when destiny was good it was there it was happy thriving same with like fortnite but at the end of the day you do not need to make every fucking game a live service you do not need to make single player experiences games that were clearly single player like anthem a game that was clearly going to be an amazing single player experience but then they fucking forced it into a live service bullshit that's all it is it's just bullshit it's all bullshit you do not need to make every game this multiplayer only multiplayer online only that's another fucking conversation is online only oh you always have a stable internet connection what if my fucking internet goes down or the game servers crash then i can't play my single player video game <laughs> the game that shouldn't require an internet connection having an internet connection thank you diablo 4 so that's a fun thing in and of itself and then you want to make every game have a battle pass loot boxes I, I don't give a shit about any of this i just want to open my video game and play my video game you do not have to make it a fucking job 
And that's what all these live service games do. They make it feel like a job. You always have to check in every day, get your daily rewards. You have to get your weekly rewards. You have to go do a quest. I don't want to do any of that bullshit. I just want to play my video game in peace in a way that any normal person would play a game back in 1992, 2003, 2012, 2023. I want to play it the same way I always do. I put the game in the console or I fucking launch it digitally through the store and I play the game. Simple as that. Shouldn't be that fucking complicated. And I don't want to goddamn any more daily rewards or battle passes. Please. I'm done. Leave the live service games to the people who know how to do them. Don't start trying to copy. Thank you. Blizzard exactly. and Overwatch. Sorry. Oh my god. Oh my god. Overwatch. That is it. Overwatch. Fucking no. awesome. Hey. Hey. No, no. Shut the fuck up, Ben. Shut the fuck up. Overwatch. <laughs> When it launched, that game was awesome. It was a $60 video. No, actually, it was a $40 video game. It was a $40 video game. Hey, you pay you pay one price, and you get this fucking incredible multiplayer game. It is multiplayer only, sure. I'll live with it, because at the end of the day, I pay money, and I get a good game. Loot boxes, yeah, sure, they're a little cringe. But also, it was cosmetic only. No crazy fucking Battle Pass bullshit where you put brand new fucking characters in it. And everyone's like, well, Overwatch 2 is better, because they don't have to, have to do the loot boxes. I don't give a shit. The loot boxes were somehow better, because I don't want to fucking spend 5,000 gold coins for a goddamn skin of fucking Roadhog in a bathing suit. Bench, what are you not thankful for in the industry? PC gamers. I could go on. <laughs> no, uh, come back to me, Cliff, if you don't have a real answer. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, what about you? Uh, Third-party exclusives. This, I, I understand. This, this, this is, is a whole topic. <laughs> No, well, no. I'm, talking about exclusivity. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about exclusivity. I understand. Ex I'm not a fan of exclusivity, but I understand it has a purpose, and I think yeah, it does. It has a place. Third-party exclusivity, however, make no sense to me. I don't think I, I they think... should exist. I think it hurts the game industry more than it helps it. I don't think it hurts the, the, the publisher, too. Like, Square Enix, for example, the reason why your games are fucking sucking is because you have third-party exclusivity. Shit, that should not have it. Every other yeah. Japanese company has stepped away from this and has been proven to be doing good with it. Atlas has done it. Capcom has done it. It's so simple. Like, the answer is in your face, but they're like, oh, no, we want to make things exclusive to one group. And it goes for all platforms. I don't know why they love doing this. If you're not owned, if you're not first-party studio, I don't think it should be exclusive. I, I think I understand you. So, okay, I think something like a KOTOR remake, obviously KOTOR remake is a funny example, but still doesn't exist without Sony backing it up. I think that's fine, because an exclusive like that, that game doesn't exist without being exclusive. But something like, um, I don't know, like FF16, that's a weird example, because they also, like, the PS5 Final Fantasy was apparently... Final Fantasy VII Remake shouldn't be exclusive. It's like, yeah, there's, seven there's no reason. Street Fighter, look at Street Fighter, how that turned out. Street yeah, I know the situation with Street Fighter, like the Capcom also, was like really bad. But even that game was bad. <laughs> yeah, there was that Street Fighter Five was a weird one where they. And even with Capcom, Capcom, like, Capcom is very epic. Capcom turned around. Yeah. And you know what? Like a big part of it, they're not exclusive. <laughs> I mean, they also just started making good games, <laughs> but like I get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I think Kotor would be I, fine I'm... if like. I think whoever picks up Kotor, I don't want it to be exclusive. I think that game is so good that it would be a crime if it's exclusive to one group of players. I have the uh, Xbox I tax once again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the what are you saying? I don't know Bench? if this is going to be controversial, but I'm really not a fan of licensed IP video games. Like Spider-Man is good and all. That's my boy! But like Wonder Woman, zero interest. That team could be making a cooler game. 
like a lot of these big IP licensed games are like taking it. They're like the Wakanda game, the Iron Man game. Cool Make Wakanda a cool game, game with like an original IP or an IP you own. I don't like. I'll play the game and probably have fun, but in the grander picture, I don't. I want to play like actually, cool original games. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed I on fully, it. No, I fully agree. I, like, I feel like, like Wonder Woman would probably be a good game. I, I like licensed games. Like there are ga- licensed games I love, like the Arkham game, Spider-Man games, like Spider-Man. My thing is, I think I am much more interested in gaming IPs, and maybe this just comes from me not watching any well, movies or TV or ever growing funny. up. But still, I I just think it's more interesting to get original games and not just one. It like it you, you fucking you do not understand what annoys my mind more than ever when watch podcast and it's like, what do you want from this company to make? It's like, man. From software should make an Iron Man game. Shut up! They're better with their original IPs. <laughs> like I'm like, sick think, of it. Like let's stop this. Like I think Insomniac's future is a licensed game studio for Sony, and that oh, they make it great, me. but it's 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 kind of sad. And that's a, like each one of these big third parties are going to have their licensed game studios, who are all very talented, but making li- licensed games. And I think what was I going to say? Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. No, I. I I agree. I mean, is there like a dark? You said you're mixed on it. Like, do you have an opinion? Like, for licenses? I'm a fan, but. Well, I don't think there should be more. I think. I agree there should be a little bit less, but I do think. Was that like third place in this game? Like, the Wonder Woman game? I'm, I think it's be really fucking cool because you don't see Wonder Woman outside of comics or the few movies that she's in that much. It's cool to have. Have you ever had a fan of these characters? That's the it would thing, be cool though. to see him in games and stuff. Like the, the we've come a long way since how it used to be before. A lot of these yeah, arguments. It's come a long way like, since like the DS game era of every single kids TV show and movie needed a tie. I Carly the video game. <laughs> but a lot of these no. big arguments are like, oh, other entertainment entertainment mediums are bigger than video games. No, video no, games are like not. the biggest. <laughs> like Wait, who actually games, thinks that? What the fuck? Video games somehow rely on other entertainment mediums, but it should be the other way around. It, it's kind of mind-boggling. No, I mean, like, I, I guess, like, Bench's point, I think, is boggles down to, hey, licensed games are cool every now and then, but we should not be, like, striving towards an industry where all, a lot of these with extremely talented creative minds are stuck just making licenses. Like, yeah, like, sure, they can do cool stories. They can do make great games, but, like, it's like we should like, from software, make an Iron Man game. No, from like software, make another people. fucking Elden Ring. <laughs> Exactly. The Dead Space remake is so fucking good, but now they're on an Iron Man game, which will probably be great, but imagine they, like, it, used their horror chops on something cool. Exactly. Like, it's like Dead Space. So it's like Motive. <laughs> they made that EA, like, Star Wars game, and it's like, uh, the, the, uh, what was it, Rogue Squadrons? It was, it was like the mm. TIE Fighter game. Um, but, yeah, like, it's like, that is, that is a talented studio okay now make another license game and it's like i'm sick of it like let's why does every studio and i think what boggles my mind what annoys me the most is that you see all these podcasts and people out there who are going celebrating it and getting excited and it's like i want there to be more discussion it's like okay guys let's actually think about this for a moment do we want all these developers to only make license games i get that you like these licenses but like maybe we should slow down a bit and let these developers do original stuff that's why Ratchet and Clank, I was, you do not understand. I was way more excited for Rift Apart than um, Spider-Man Miles Morales in that PlayStation showcase because it was like, oh, thank God. Insomniac isn't just a Spider-Man house. They're the house. They will still make original games. And I want 
I want all these studios to do that. I mean, I, that's just my kind of viewpoint. I mean, Fusion, do you have a personal view on like life quantity or them? Um, I do think we can get to a point where like there is a point where it's like, yeah, this is getting we're getting too many of them. But honestly, I don't think right now it's an issue. Like, I can't yeah, think I don't of think many right off now my it's head. Really a big issue. Like, we have Spider Man. We have Wonder Woman coming out maybe two years from now. So it's not like we're getting one every couple yeah, it's months not a, or something. It's not an issue now. That's not what I'm trying to argue. I don't think it's and an Sunday issue now. scares me a little bit with it being, spy, like, right now, Spider-Man and Wolverine. But it's also, like, yeah. if Insomniac just is making their own Marvel universe, I'm not going to be like, wow, that sucks. <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it will be cool, but I'm also just, like, I want them to have that original stuff, though. Because, like, when Insomniac makes original stuff, I think that's what created Spider-Man. of like Ratchet like, or even Sunset Overdrive. Like, what about a new IP? Like, are they going to sacrifice that time on maybe doing something new? That's the problem, <laughs> though, is that's what a lot of all the CEOs will look as licensed game sells because the face is familiar. Whereas you look at the yeah. uh, publishers are probably looking at being scared of like the Immortals of Avium news. Be like, here's this new IP with a with even a formula like a doom formula that sells and yet it didn't sell well so i mean on paper licensed games will always sell more than original titles or at least familiar brands will always sell more so like that's why sonic always sells and whatnot Unfortunately, i mean sonic's right. a gaming ip shut up bench sonic's a gaming ip that's why he's like mario that comes from gaming pokemon is the biggest media franchise in the world yeah. and that comes from gaming when so that's why gaming, i think you can see these new ips flourish well, that's what I'm saying, people. though. Familiar familiarity will always triumph. Like they, because Sonic, Pokemon, and Mario have been around forever, they're familiar now, especially in the public eye of the general public. Yes. Whereas a Spider-Man will also be a general public game. Whereas Immortals of Avium is going to live or die on can you hook the non-general audience because they're not going to care. It's an unfamiliar game to them. You got to hook the people like us doing podcasts about games. You got to hook those kind of people to make sure your game sells well. And if you don't hook us, you're dead in the water because you don't have the, that's why Hogwarts legacy is the number one selling game. It's a familiar IP. It's, it's being sold by the normies. And of course, all of the developers and CEOs are going to want to look at this, be like, well, you, which audience are we going for? (laughs) And then you have the people trying to turn gaming IPs into entertainment IPs, which is a whole other can of worms. I mean, that's like, yeah, it's hard. I think we're granted we've seen it for years, but we're I think we're over we're underselling how hard it is to make a new IP. Especially in the day and age oh, yeah. where it seems like everything has been created. Like I mean, it yeah. seems like everything you've seen it already. So like you had you had Horizon and now people are sick of Horizon. It's like if you're Insomniac, for example, and you're like, oh, we can make a Spider-Man 3, and we already know it's going to sell like crazy, blah, blah, or we can try a new IP, that could take them five extra years. to create. You have to create a whole new world from scratch. You have to do so many different things when you're like, okay, we're building a brand new IP from scratch, which is what makes it so special when it works. When you're Uncharted's work, when your Last of Us works, when halo works, like when you make these things where it's like you build it yourself, and now you can just spend years over years, over years, building a franchise, it's awesome, but it's it's so hard to do anymore because everything has been created and it takes longer to create these new IPs. Like, it's not like back in the day in the early 2000s when it felt like a new IP was always created because nothing was created yet. 
games were shorter, which is what I was going to say. I'm not thankful for every game thinking they have to be 100 hours long or every game thinking they need to put 200 collectibles in their game. Like, what happened to the days of, hey, this is just a 15 to 20 hour video game. Even sometimes that feels too long on certain titles. But this is just a nice, maybe even linear video games. I think I'm getting, I'm unthankful for so many studios getting away from linear. Like I want to go, I want more linear experiences. I don't need everything to be an open world game or I don't need everything to be an open zone game. Get me from point A to point B in a nice narrative fashion with awesome gameplay. Like what happened to the the early 2000s? The video essayist uh, man on YouTube said that uh, the linearity is bad. <laughs> well, he's Because that's the other problem is, is so with so many games coming out and whatnot, people are going to adequate time spent to price. Dollars. So, like, yeah. look at we're going to go right back to Immortals of Avion. I feel like this is going to be, Immortals is going to be a ruler for a while now. That game is like, what, 15 hours or something like that? It's a $70 game, and plus it's mid as hell, according to most people. So no, that's not going to that's not gonna fly. Now, if the game... Um, now, granted, if it's still mid as hell and it's even longer, that's even worse. That just makes, yeah. that makes, that makes the experience worse. So it's this weird balancing act that you have to do with how much content are we putting in this game, but is our game content even good in the first place and is it worth a 70 dollar investment for people because most people i think are of the mindset that they're just going to wait for the first big sale you have That's to like tough. convince the audience that you're that this is that this is worth your time i'm unthankful I mean, for the gamers that convince publishers that short games are bad <laughs> that's what i'm unthankful for i'm unthankful for the binches of the world who think that every game this should be a 65 hour no, therapy no, and if it's I not it's game, bad if you're gonna make a short game make the game paced well unlike spider-man 2 i mean hey i actually kind of agree <laughs> spider-man 2 i think the pacing could have been like higher. if you're going for a shorter game make sure it works don't do a shorter game and feel like there, there could have been more content. Like they're kind of, like don't that. make it feel like they're rushing through it. And also, like I don't think all side content is bad. I think Spider-Man 2, another issue I had with it was that there was just not enough side content for me personally. But also, maybe I am that gamer that Fusion hates. <laughs> I don't know. But like I'm with you that I really hate how every... Ubisoft really put this trend into motion because Far Cry 3 did so well. And then Far Cry 4 did so well. And then they switched Assassin's Creed to basically being like that. And it did so well. So they're like, okay, it's clear what people want. They want bigger, more open games with more stuff to do. Even if that stuff is completely meaningless, they want that stuff to do. And, I, and you know, they, like this was a big thing um, with like franchises transitioning to open world. 2015 was that year because two major, well, major, one major franchise and the one up and coming franchise both shifted to open world with very big results. Metal Gear Solid 5 and Witcher 3. Say what you want about Metal Gear Solid 5 story, but at the end of the day, that game sold extremely well. And Witcher 3, that took a franchise that was just like kind of this weird, dorky PC game like that people liked, but like not enough people talked about, to being one of the game of the year for the TGAs that year. People fucking love Witcher 3. So it's kind of crazy to look like, you see those things, publishers look at that and they're like, oh, open world works, bigger worlds work, and we go bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, and you see a lot of developers. His, history is kind of repeating itself with Baldur's Gate 3 right now. That is a massive game. Yeah, and Starfield is a massive game, but that didn't work. But the, oh, actually, I say it didn't work. Six million players on Game Pass, biggest Bethesda launch ever. Apparently, these bigger games seem to work, but also it's like, 
people are kind of getting sick of it. It's like two different sides. It's like, I don't know. Gamers need to start agreeing and stuff. <laughs> I guess, like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not against long games. I'm playing Cyberpunk right now, and it's a pretty long game. I'm just, I don't need every I game. <laughs> I don't need every game to be like, especially when like I, I've seen like indie publishers come out and they like brag about their 30 hour game. I'm like, dude, I don't <laughs> like, know. When yeah. uh, Dying Light 2 came out and bragged for like over 500 hours. That of was so funny. Like, I don't oh, know if you God. got a 30 hour budget, buddy. Like, come on, let's, <laughs> let's, let's calm it down. Like, we don't need. I mean, like, I love when a nice seven to ten hour game just comes out of nowhere and it's just like, wow, this game, like a Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. I love when yeah. Hi-Fi Rush just comes out and it's like, wow, this is a. 10-hour video game that is awesome and it doesn't overstay its welcome and it for pound for pound goes against these 100-hour video games and it's better than it and it's just like that's that's an awesome story when that happens when you can see they spent those 10 hours and crafted everything down to every detail when the 100-hour game was just like we want to just push as much content into this game we don't care how good it is what the quality is how bug-free it is we just want to do it that's when that's when i get my issue and i feel like we we're getting to a point where, granted, we had a lot of 2023 games, but we're getting to the point where, like, a lot of these franchises, it's getting longer and longer to get that next title because it, it always has to be bigger. If your sequel's not bigger, it's automatically, like, you failed. Like, if Horizon Forbidden West wasn't bigger than Horizon Zero Dawn, there'd be complaints. If God of War Ragnarok wasn't bigger than God of War 2018, there'd be complaints. It's like, if, you're, if your sequel's not bigger than the game that you released five years prior then people will be like, what, what aren't you doing? Like, what, what happened? It happened with Spider-Man, the Spider-Man game. When people, when Insomniac announced it's around the same time, like, as Spider-Man 2018, they were about the same play time, people were upset. They're like, we waited five years and this game not been longer than the last one? Oh my gosh, like, it's okay. <laughs> like, we're, we're fine. <laughs> I mean, a big thing with that is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. That game is so big and so filled with content. It's so massive. It's so beautiful man i love that game to death that yeah. it's like where do you where do you go next like where do you go next? like you can't go anywhere next you're either gonna have to repackage super smash brothers ultimate again and call it like deluxe and maybe add a couple new characters or what everyone else is saying just do a full reboot and make it back to like maybe the original 12 or like 30 characters and like that's kind of a crazy thing where you're either going at a situation where you go bigger or you completely reset which is extremely risky to do to take a franchise, a game that sold 30 million copies and saying with the next game, oh, we're not actually going to go bigger. We're going to completely reset. Will the general public be happy with that? Who knows? No, and that's no. kind of the thing. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, that's the thing. We don't know if it works. And then there's some situations where you do the reboot, but like you, the reboot is bigger. Like you look at God of War 3 to God of War 2018. 2018 is a much bigger game than God of War 3. The story feels smaller, but you look at like what God of War 2018 is. That game is huge from a budget and scale size compared to God of War 3, which is still a big game, but like, I don't know, like it's it's a lose-lose situation, a win-win situation, whatever you want to call it, but it's very hard to figure out this whole game length to size, to quantity, to price, all this thing. There's all of it is meaningless at the end of the day. Just make good fucking games and I'm happy. I think Far Cry. Far Cry is going through this exact same thing where like you said, Far Cry 3 was like at the time because they're very good. Far Cry, Far oh, Cry 4 came out. Yeah. It was bigger, considered pretty good. Far Cry 5 came out, even bigger. People were a little less on it. Far Cry 6 came out, yep. somehow even bigger. People were even like, but now they're thinking of Far Cry 7 and they're talking about internal reboots. They're like, well, now we have to reboot. Like, they have to reboot yep. the franchise because they're like, we can't get bigger than Far Cry 6 for one. 
and no one wants a bigger Far Cry 6. So now Far Cry, now Ubisoft's like, okay, what do we have to do? We have to add this, or we have to go to this. And who knows if the reboot does well? Like, the reboot could yeah. come out, and then you're going to be like, well, this isn't Far Cry. Like, we've been used to the Far Cry formula for 10 plus years. Like, what is this? They, like, I mean, they you're, changed you're the stuck Far Cry. At a crossroads. They changed Far Cry formula for 6 and added RPG stuff, and people like me fucking hated it. <laughs> like, that kind of goes to show it's very hard to change stuff that is pre-established, even though we want change. It's, a... it's that whole SpongeBob meme of like, I don't want a pistachio ice cream. Then why did you ask for it? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we have to figure out a comment. A comment. I just don't want because I think, and I, I could be in over my head, but I think this also goes somehow ties into the layoffs. Like the that's one oh, thing we man. should. Everyone here should be unthankful for the layoffs of 2023. Yeah, and it feels sure. like yeah. so many so many franchises, so many. Companies, so many publishers are like, "Hey, we want to make the biggest games possible. We're going to hire Mortals a million Medium. people, and then once our game goes out there and it's not sustainable and it's massive, we can't pay these people. And now you're leaving. Like now we have to get rid of you. And like, imagine if there were just a bunch of teams that were working on double A or smaller games at once, and they could actually like work together and craft on the project, and it could go out the door, be successful, and then they could stay together and move to the next thing. And it doesn't always have to be massive. It doesn't have to be some massive." experience where you're like well next thing you know our Immortals of Avium had I don't know how many people worked on it but they've had like 800 people There's working on this people. game like yeah 100 people and then they're like well this game flopped it wasn't very good so now 60 of the 100 have to go somewhere else because we've had 100 people make this game that we thought was going to be very well and that's just more of those games. that's not even a giant game think of like think of Baldur's Gate for example how massive that game is if it was a colossal fail like how many people at layering would be like, well, oh my God. this sucks. Like we're just, we're just, we spent seven years making this game. It's gigantic. It's not good. Half the studio is going under, you know what I mean? Because these games are so big and so massive. They're not sustainable. Right. If you're not a Baldur's Gate or if you're not a Zelda or if you're not a Witcher or if you're not, if you're not at the top of the food chain with these giant games, if you're a Dying Light 2, which is a $500 game and mid, you're not in a great spot as the company usually. It wasn't 500 hours though. I don't know how long it was, but I always stayed as welcome when I played it. So it's just it's what you were saying. It's like these these develop like we talked about this a lot. These developers want bigger, bigger and bigger games, and if those bigger and bigger and bigger games don't make five million sales in the first week, guess what? You're off. Like everyone is out of the studio and th these publishers think it's as simple as like oh spider-man did it it's like okay well spider-man is an established ip it is um like it has sony's backing it is an insomniac which is a very proven developer over 25 years of proving themselves to be one of the best in the business and you're just an up-and-coming ip with immortals of avium I, I feel bad we keep dogging on it but like still you're, you're That's what brand I said. it's gonna become a ruler of so many things yeah it, it's a brand new ip no like this is the studio's first game and you're like you're releasing it next to Armored Core 6, a From Software game, and Starfield, a Bethesda game, and you're expecting it to sell insanely well. No, it's not. That's and not you're selling how it for seventy dollars. And you're selling it for seventy. You have to adjust your margins. You have to you have to just go get an accountant and figure out. Okay, maybe we can figure this out to actually make these games sell better because clearly this is not fucking working. Yeah, that's my. It's my one thing. I love. 2023 has been awesome, but my one fear for the future is this just continues of a pace where, like, 
just let more studios work on that 10 hour, 15 hour game that doesn't have mm -hmm. a sky high budget and they don't have sky high expectations so they can continue to work on games. Because once you put that impossible reach of, hey, we have to hit this number and it's impossible and you're making a 60 hour video game, that's just not very good. You're not going to reach the number and next you know, you're laying off half your company. Like we don't, and we're seeing it over and over and over and over again. And it doesn't well, seem like, like it's going I to forget stop. Who said, I forget who said it, but the main, the mindset of a lot of companies, now obviously not everyone, because there are still some companies that make, you know, the 20 hour play through once kind of game, but the majority of them, and this was kind of going back to all the life service stuff is like, why do, why when Fortnite exists, Call of Duty exists. Why are other companies making this? all these other life service games because they want to be that company. They want, everyone wants your time. Every company wants to be that game that you always come back to. They want to be that next company or game. And unfortunately it's, you can't scratch the Titans right now. It seems like, but, and everyone thinks they have this shot of dethroning these Titans of the industry and becoming the next big thing. When in most reality, you're not going to. You have to build up to creating that next big thing. You can't just say we're going to make the next big thing and just poof it up out of big air, like a thin air. You have to actually have a vision and understanding. You have to have a team that's experienced and knows this industry. Epic Games with Fortnite, like Battle Royale was very much like a kind of a thing they just thought up of, like seeing the success of PUBG. Epic Games has been around since the 90s. They are an extremely experienced developer, especially with multiplayer games, with Unreal Tournament. They have an engine. Of course Fortnite was going to do well. They are very smart developers. Bungie, we give them shit. They've been around since the 90s as well. They're an experienced developer. They know what they're doing up until recently, but still very much like in the case, that's how Destiny did well, like, or at least eventually did well because Destiny won at launch. But even then, experience is very important. You do not go to this Joe Schmo studio who's like, we want to make a video game. <laughs> Just go, okay, make it a live service game and it will sell 5 million copies. Like, no, that's not how it fucking works. But of course, then we, of course, going back to Immortals of Avavium, it's they did try to make their just 15, 20 hour game and it still didn't work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. My thing is, think of in the last, like, there, I have hope because in the last like three to five years, we've had like a, probably hundreds of these new AAA and like studios starting up. Like we have a lot of vets from a yeah. different, a bunch of different companies creating their own studio. My one problem is every single one of these press releases for every single one of these games are always like, make you're about to get a never game. before scene. <laughs> yeah. You're about to make, see the never before scene, immersive narrative driven hundred hour video. Like they all use the same wording. That's also like, I don't think you can pull this off. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, no, they you're, they're all they're all using the same wording where it's like, what if you guys were just like, hey, we're just making a cool video game that's hopefully is good. <laughs> like, but they're all just like, we're making the never before seen next open world game that's gonna rival The Witcher and Zelda and the rest. It's like, okay, like, Listen. I hope these studios around around the world that have been like, we haven't seen like games of any of them. Hopefully, TGA, like, we see a bunch of this stuff, but like. I'm hoping they understand what, like, how to how they come at it and come out of the right way, or they're going to just we're going to be going into 2024 just reading more layoff stories issue. and reading more stories of sadness instead of praise for like the new IPs and like all of what gaming is supposed to be. 
it's gonna get better before or it's gonna get worse before it gets better i think that's the case but i do have I mean, that's kind of that been the word for a while is that triple a games are going to have this implosion and we're going to be living off of double a and indie games for a while as they all try yeah, to refit the triple a's figure out what they're doing i mean maybe like with the third parties you could see something like that but like i think when it comes to like a sony or a microsoft and a nintendo they're way too big to fail in that regard but i do think there will be a, a I mean, almost that implosion was kind of just like Fortnite layoffs and a Destiny layoffs. And it's like, okay, even the biggest live services games in the world cannot escape this bubble. <laughs> like, this bur- this bubble has burst. Let's change our strategy. <sighs> so that's going to be interesting to see. A, a very positive topic that I brought up, and now we got it all negative. <laughs> no, but really good discussions all around. Uh, Moon, I forgot. Um, you're, I, I skipped your most, uh, you're thankful for. And you're unthankful for. You have a quick ones. Um, I'm just gonna echo what a lot of a lot of others said, but I think I'll add on at least for the most part. Not obviously every game. We still have some games like what we were talking about with Dying Light 2, putting in like 500. But I think for the most part, I think a lot of games have figured out like their size. We don't have too much bloat in a lot of games now, at least um to what they used to be i think there used to be a real blow problem and obviously there are still games coming out with blow problems and filler but i think for the most part we're it's sell it off so i'm thankful for that we have that we're beyond that um you haven't played an assassin's creed game man yeah that's the other thing maybe i just haven't been playing the games that are like the the uh the worst offenders they're still there but not nearly as like prominent as i feel like maybe a couple years back like i think this year was actually a bit better about like let's get some smaller games in like there, games like know Irish. what they want to be in and then they, they're that exactly one last thing if i can jump in real quick about assassin's creed is a great example of they made mirage this 15-hour game and no one cares like no people are that's the no, thing they care when they can well. just freely write it in the comments oh this is a good idea but then they don't buy it that's what i mean no one has no one has bought it because i think but people, people like buy it I mean, they will, yeah, but they're a... not. They're not. Valhalla sold billions. I'm telling oh, you, yeah, like Mirage is not going. I my fear is, and look at Mirage. Even Mirage reviewed worse than all these open world Assassin's Creed games. Like that was crazy. Reading the reviews, it was literally <laughs> just like it feels too much like an old yeah, Assassin's Creed. Exactly. What you wanted? <laughs> that's my. That's my problem. Is like we'll ask for these things, they deliver these things to us, and then we'll be like. Never mind. <laughs> like, okay, like, go how, right how back did, to that SpongeBob meme. Nah, how did publishers go, go, win? go back to what you were doing before. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a shame, honestly. Change the positive thing that Moon said into a negative thing. God bless. I fully said that there are still outliers out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you have a quick unthankful for Moon, or did um, you pretty much nail it with all the whining about our, life? I think our last twenty-minute conversation kind of nailed all of it. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're ready to move on. We did. I do want to do a quick little Black Friday hauls. Uh, if you guys want to do something, uh, Bench, I'll let you go first. I picked up Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, and the Sound Farm. Bro went crazy. Rich, <laughs> honestly, he's richer than all of us. You know that all yeah. because of the Wonder Woman game that they bought, you bought that because of the oh, license true. game. No, I bought it because I, know. Had, I bought it because I had the Nemesis system explained to me, and that sounds cool. Yeah, because you learned about it because of the Wonder Woman game. Listen, who explained I want you guys to know. He was the one. Uh, I want you guys to know. I want you guys to know. No, I didn't. What? <laughs> I never even played those games. I, uh, I want you to know. 
Bench was the one who brought up this Black Friday topic, and this motherfucker says, yeah, about two games and a soundbar. <laughs> it's just like, we was gonna end it there. Like, okay, I'm cool. Gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna buy GTA in a few days. The trilogy. Okay, good boy, okay. good boy. Maybe um, five, if I want to spend money. It's like 20 bucks. You can easily spend I think it's money. $10 right now. Together, it's 10 I mean, Taylor oh, is 50, yeah. 50 together. Um, me, I bought an OLED. I'm joining the OLED gang. I'm very excited. I hear a lot of good Uh-oh. things about OLED TVs. And, you know, I've seen them in action. They are very much, like, high quality. I'm still debating what the first game I want to launch on it is. Fusion kind of got me, like, interested Red in Dead. the idea. No, I can't. That's too big of a game. Red, Red Dead I, would not look as good. Hi-Fi on. Rush. I, I want to do, like, a PS5 native game. Uh, I'm thinking Eternal? either... Black, either... Can I speak? <laughs> Can I speak? Uh, Forbidden West or Alan Week 2. I think those are going to be my show pieces to just like see what the OLED can do. I'm thinking Forbidden West because, um, what's it called? That DLC. I still haven't run through it. Oh, but you play, you did play the base game? Yeah, of course. The DLC looks pretty. I was just, looks pretty, but I was, didn't, wasn't a huge fan of the whole thing, though. Still a good time. You should have seen how he was in my DMs when that DLC was up, by the way. <laughs> the amount of pictures I got for someone who wasn't very much into it. Yeah, really. <laughs> I've said I haven't been into it before. That's what I mean. Man's a, man's a liar. Man's a liar. Um, Moon, did you pick up anything during this Black Friday? I bought two pillows. Hell yes. <laughs> they were $5 yeah. each, and I'm just like, why not? You're talking body pillows or normal no. pillows? No. <laughs> okay, two different Discord servers made the exact same joke. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, but um, no, I I looked around and I just either the few games that I'm still keeping an eye on didn't go on sale or the few other games that I'm like, yeah, you know what? I could pick this up. Just it didn't go as low as I wanted, uh, especially after like the article about Immortals of Avon most likely coming to Game Pass and PS Extra at some point. Like I would have probably maybe picked that up if it was like $20. But no, now that you put out the news right before Black Friday, that's coming to Game Pass. Like, oh, no, just, now I'm just going to wait for Game Pass. They just don't want that game to sell. No. <laughs> so crazy. I, I, I contemplated I, Hogwarts, but I just like Fusion scared me away. Um, wow. But yeah, every I've, I don't know. I've reached that point in adulthood where I kind of just buy all the games when I want to now. It's very like last bike ride. I don't think I bought anything else. And really, the only game I could think of that I would have bought if it did go on sale. Granted, I'm probably going to end up buying it anyways. Alan Wake Two, probably going to end up buying that here pretty soon. As soon as I finish oh, up Mario gone, RPG, so I don't think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, unfortunately, Black Friday was kind of a bust for me. I did. I I forgot to mention. Um. I did also buy a soundbar as well, and I I picked up a few games as well. Um. It's kind of some same, weird. A few. You have like a list stuff. <laughs> We have matching sound bars, Wolf. <laughs> okay, weirdo. <laughs> um, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I picked. Um, I picked up some like stuff, like uh, weird PS4 games that were super cheap at GameStop, like Assassin's Creed Syndicate and Thief and The Order 1886. I was like, ah, oh, why not? Can <laughs> you play Thief? No, I've never played Thief. I want oh, to play it. Yeah, I'm interested. It's like it was like four dollars i'm like okay um and then i picked up some like ps5 stuff like a uh, Sackboy, big adventure dead island 2 stuff i would have been wanting to get to for a while oh like this was kind of excuse so like, it's, it's a good idea for good me not to buy anything <laughs> it's good for me because yeah, yeah. i seriously my backlog is too full is too big i don't need to be buying anything oh, yeah. no i mean you look at my backlog it's a it's a fucking journey <laughs> fusion did you pick up anything for black friday 
Yeah, I'm not going to go into all of it because it was a lot, but I got like 16 games on Steam. That was, that was like Black yeah. Friday. <laughs> I say that the headliners game. are Red Dead Redemption 2, Crisis yes. Core, and the, and the two Doom games are like... Didn't you uh, also buy uh, the Mordor games, the two Mordor games? Yeah, I did get, yeah, I did, I did get those. And the Wolf Among yeah, Us and a, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. So like, I, that, that was basically where... All my black. I got I got an Xbox controller for the PC that was on sale uh, for like forty bucks, which I thought that was a pretty good price compared to what they know. no thirty bucks. It's thirty bucks. Yeah, controller like, price. Like DualSense, I can't believe DualSense is like eighty dollars. Like retail, yeah. DualSense is like seventy five dollars or something crazy. It's fucking so like ridiculous. I was like only because I hear it makes sense that the Xbox controller natively works better on the PC because like it's Xbox, Microsoft, Windows. My dual sense right now, I can use it fine, but it has to be plugged in. And it's like I, I want, so I had to buy, I had bought a 15 feet USB C cord, and I'm like, well, Ew. this is fine, but like it's kind of annoying. So I wish I could just like, exactly. So I wish I could just lay back and use my controller. So I'm like, well, hopefully the Xbox can, controller, I can just wirelessly use it. You might want to talk to some tech people. I'm pretty sure you could pretty easily get the dual sense to work on PC. Call yeah, it a mop. It's probably I've I've YouTube so I had it working for like a minute, but it, it's very it's there's more loopholes with the dual sense than genuinely the Xbox controller. You just connect it because it's Windows, like it's as easy as that. Yeah, the dual sense you have to go through like all these files and do all this extra crap, which is just annoying. Which I'm like, for thirty bucks, if it's gonna save me a headache, I might as well like I don't mind the Xbox controller. Like it's a good controller. The Series X controller is a good controller. Yeah, I get it. I also prefer the dual sense. Um, yeah. Dark, did you buy anything, or are you still broke? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, I very much am. I didn't have it. I thought you got Steam Deck. Thanks, by the way. Yeah, I did, but like the thing with that is like another more actually part of the sale. They're just like full price. No. <laughs> so, wait, yeah. wait. So you bought the Steam Deck? I don't know, not yet. I was about to some accessories for it, but none of the accessories were like on sale. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. So he just spent money. Robin spent money. I mean, granted, I haven't. Has there been good, like, physical PS5 game, Moon? Other than, like, the ones you named. Was there any where it's like, these are good, like, that I would want to add to the collection? Because last year, it was that thing where I, there was a lot of good PS5 games that I could add to my shelf. But this year, I feel like there hasn't been too many yeah. games on sale. I, it's funny, PS5 like I literally walked up and down the aisles of my Walmart and just be like, what came out this year that I didn't buy? And there was like literally nothing that I was into. I, so, I will say I was very close to buying the Metal Gear Solid collection, but it was $40. And I'm waiting till it's 30 <laughs> Hey, I bought the food scale. That was off. That was like... Hell yeah. off. <laughs> I mean, Wait, if we want to talk games, I, I bought my brother his Christmas gift. I bought him Sonic Superstars. Because he's a Sonic Hell nerd. Hell yes. Nice. So, I technically yeah, did no, buy a game. I mean, gift shopping is also a very big thing. So, I I, I don't break Christmas, so <laughs> no gift shopping. Yeah. Hater, Santa hater. <laughs> I, I I am a Muslim lover. That's why. <laughs> so Muslim okay. Santa. When does Muslim Santa fly around? Honestly, that's around Eid. You're gonna have to wait for that. <laughs> But that's everything in terms of our topic. Very fun topic. Very wholesome vibes. Um, now let's talk about what we've been playing. Um, Moon, I want to start with you, actually. Because you finished um, one of your big games this year. Yeah, I finished Persona 5 Tech. I literally played since I woke up to when I went to bed last night. It was a good 
14 hours or so of just straight playing that game and I finished it at like 1 a.m. last hours? night. Yeah, it was probably close to that because I let's say I woke up around 9 30 ish, probably started playing around 10 30. And I was pretty much playing the like the entire time. The only time I stopped was when to actually eat Thanksgiving dinner, and that only took like maybe forty five minutes. So I stopped around that. Well, you need to do that more often. You'd be. I know it, it felt good, but I also felt like <laughs> crap at the same time. <laughs> like, what am I doing with my life? It was, I had one of those moments. Uh, but and then it got to like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm just like, I like I know I'm at the end. Like I just need to push through because uh, I was this close to just stopping, especially once I failed one mission. Um, but I pushed through and I got it done and I beat it and it was a good time. Uh, I finished, I finished Persona 5 Tacta at a, probably just under 30 hours. Um, was that like a lot of side stuff? I don't know how they can. No, it, there is no side stuff. I mean, there are side missions, but I think I did maybe like two of them. <laughs> how uh, long to beat has main story 17 and a half? Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out. Like I did not do any side content. So I don't know how they, unless you're skipping cutscenes, I don't know how you do that. The game does not cutscene heavy. <laughs> but like people were just I watched you did you die a lot? No, I think I've died maybe twice. Maybe so your I, timer's wrong or something. I don't know. I don't know. The game timer is really good. Because I also beat it as well. I beat it around like okay, I don't count means I beat it around twenty hours. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, that completion this is thirty four on how long to beat. Were you close to a completionist? Like, did you have a lot of... Yeah, I'm only class? missing, like, 10 achievements out of 30. But still, it's like... Like, look, the ones that I'm missing would take a lot more time. Like, there's a money achievement, like, get 666,000 yen or whatever. I think you have to craft since a nihilist achievement. <laughs> yeah, there's also a lot of crafting you have to do, so I, like... I, like yeah, since a nihilist going to take fucking forever to build. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I would have... Maybe... I, I, I just don't know. Uh, but I had a good time with it. It's, I don't know, maybe I'm just riding the high of it, but I think I am calling it my game of the year right now. My man, uh, said, it's like, my man said, oh yeah, I had a pretty good time. It's my game that's crazy. Year. I, I, re I respect the pick. Persona just, bias what I was crazy. <laughs> what I was hearing from the game, like from everyone, like I heard it was a, a good game, but like I didn't see anyone like praise it that high. So that's good to know that like it hit for you. And this story did get because uh, here's the here's this journey I went on when I was about a little more than halfway because there's four what they call kingdoms in the game that you have to clear. I I was just about finishing the second one and like the story was starting to envelop. I'm like, okay, I kind of see where the game's going with the story and everything. So so I was starting to think, okay, yeah, maybe it's not gonna be my game of the year. It's gonna be definitely like in the top five, but it's not gonna be game of the year. And then the third act kicked in, and I'm like, oh, okay, so now you're pushing heavy on the uh, story. And I'm like, okay. And once the story all finally wrapped up, I'm like, okay, fine. You fine. You get the game of the year. You beat Spider-Man in the story department. And I most mostly base my games on the story department more than. Game I'm talking about. Oh my god, I hate this <laughs> fucking podcast. That's why. That's why Alan Wake Two is about to sweep for you, buddy. Ah! Yeah, like if Alan Wake Two gets the story and has like decent gameplay, he'll probably beat Spider-Man. You're fucked there. Oh, I also, <laughs> I also beat gonna win. I also beat Tactica, but for me, the second act of the game has so much padding. I was actually like, I was dreading playing the game. The padding was pissing me off. I was like, I could do this shit. Like, I don't care. It was like to the point where like, I was like, I literally do not care. I was forcing myself to play it because I just wanted something to play. 
and then yeah like the third act of story gets incredible it's probably one of the best persona stories that they've told in a long time and if persona 6 has this writing it'll be really good but they had so much padding to get to that part which is like what the fuck especially that's what i was saying like when i was getting through the second i'm like i was like seeing yeah yeah okay i see what you're doing and it's good and all and and then yeah the third act kicked in the last like i want to say six to seven missions did not need to exist in the game oh no that's that's probably also what's that's what the last like just chunk of that game last two hours or so uh knocked it me from like a nine to like an eight point five because it was a dumb boss rush of all the past bosses. Ooh, boss like, rush. You, you, oh, get boss a, you get a cutscene where it's like, okay, this is like the final boss, and then you have like eight levels of boss rush for no reason. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, that 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 was some bad padding at the very end there. So like you rated it lower than Spider Man, but it's higher on your game of the year list, huh? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. That's maybe I'll maybe I'll do some shuffling around the end of the year, but <laughs> like, definitely like, you, are, you are supposed to remember what I gave Spider Man. <laughs> like, like I'm uh like um, what was I gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say. You do have a train of thought, Fusion. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. He said you said you were gonna reshuffle or something. Yeah, I'm most likely he, gonna he was... reshuffle, but the pacing of Spider Man and I don't wanna like the Spider-Man combat's incredible, but it's just more Spider-Man 2018. So I kind of have to knock it a little bit for that. So yeah, I think that's yeah. what's kind of knocking it down. I mean, what, what do you what do you break what's already broken though? You know. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> that's the quantum conundrum. Uh, want to say tactics in terms go. of? Oh, go ahead. Oh, my yeah, in terms of actually tactics gameplay, tactical was they had a lot of really cool things, and it really works well with the Persona format. It's just really easy. Yeah. Like I play a lot of tactics games. I feel I breeze through the game. Oh yeah, I, I never okay. really had too much trouble. I just the two times that I died were just some bad RNG and me making a bad just a bad choice. Um you know what's really funny though, and only people who played the game and Dark are gonna understand what I'm about to say. But so a part of the boss rush when you're fighting Yoshiki again, you know how it's all elevator puzzles? Uh, it changed it. It was terrible. <laughs> I I hated the elevator puzzle so much and the door switches. Um, but during the boss rush of Yoshiki again, one of the enemies that throws enemies, he picked Yusuke up for me, threw him across the map, and right to where the elevator was for me to <laughs> shoot Yoshiki. I skipped that entire boss fight. It was hilarious, <laughs> just because of RNG. Fire Emblem engaged was the end of the game. Had some really funky level design. The, the tactics follows that the same format. <laughs> oh yeah, they're just doing weird shit to do weird shit, and oh, I hated those elevators puzzles. This is a random question about this game. Was this game critically reviewed less than Persona fans thought? Because it just reviewed uh-huh. like yeah, no, it's man, right? right? I thought it would be. Yeah, it's like <laughs> no, eight out of ten. Crit- Most people are <laughs> giving it eight out of ten. Of course, Bench says yes. <laughs> I just, I don't, because every persona ever is like, I obviously this is I mean, a mainline probably... persona, but I feel like everything around persona is always like, this is God's giving grace to us. So I, oh, no, I mean, Strikers main, is a fun time, line. but there's also a lot to ridicule about Strikers. With the mainline titles, they always hit out the park with this, like, the spinoff games and side stories. It's hit or miss, but this is about where I thought Tactica was going to end up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was expecting like a, a good 8 out of 10. I was not expecting them to go as hard as they did with the story. Yeah, the story went unnecessarily. Cool and you know what? The ending cutscene after you beat the final boss did not need it. to go that hard. <laughs> no one no spoilers. They, they added padding for no reason, and it takes away from the experience. 
this seems like I gotta get to this game by the end of the year then. So it's, thing that's really weird. The placement of this game is really fucking confusing. Oh yeah, it, we don't need to talk about the timeline. It's the, near the, the end of Royal, but there are things that conflict with which, I don't know, I don't know what it means. <laughs> Yeah, we, that's a whole conversation. Yeah, we need to bring that up on our like Persona Five retrospective. Um, I want to talk to Mister Benchy Poo over here. What have you been playing? I beat Mario RPG, and unfortunately, it was my Starfield. Yeah, stop calling every game your Starfield. Why is this a thing now? Is this a thing? <laughs> uh, but, um, I think it was it was purely due to this game being hyped up for. Pretty much years. Like, I remember being a child and people talking about this game like it's like the second coming. Same, yeah. But it just, like, didn't live up nearly to any of that. I found the combat just pretty meh. I found, like, just... I It was hard to play the game because I just wasn't having that great of a time. The character designs, like, Gino and Mallow, people always, like, hype up, yeah, Gino for Smash. Gino, like, hardly says anything during the game. And Mallow is just, like, a cloud. So, I mean... I didn't find anything whoa, from whoa. the original characters. I, I like Hang on, that was cool. Like, the <laughs> behind Gino, I just don't get. Because he says, like, a handful of lines during the game. The ending it's, credit? It's, you know what Gino thing? is? Gino is just, like, the Boba Fett. Like, yeah. he has five lines, but yet everyone loves him. The best thing I could say about this game is the ending credits were pretty cool. The credits. <laughs> I mean, the credits were pretty so... cool. Yeah, yeah, he's saying all this about a game he rated an 8, by the way. Uh, I'd give it an 8. I mean, honestly, I'm kind of doing that to people, please. It could definitely fall more in the 7 range, but we'll see. Uh, okay, so here's the thing, guys. Uh, I've also been playing this game. And you guys know how I feel about Bench JC. I talk a lot of shit about him. But when he's right, he's right. I've also been kind of disappointed with this game. And of course, I forgot it to is... mention that I'm going to be starting up RPG here pretty soon. Oh, yeah, just ignore our criticism. Uh, okay, listen. This game's not bad at all. I... It's not bad, no. I I love the writing. I, I know Bench didn't. I love it. I think it is very charming. It is very fun and whimsical. My issue... This game is boring. <laughs> I just, like, going through the motions. Like, I'm always told about, like, yeah, all the weird sure. and zany things. At least in the first half, this is Mario stuff. It, it feels like by the second half, it gets a little bit more interesting. But right now, yeah. I'm playing this game and dreading it. it I, not dreading it. Yeah. I don't want to say that. That was me. But I, I cannot I play it. this game for more than an hour without wanting to go to sleep. And that's not like a mean go to sleep. Like, literally, like, I just get tired playing this game. And I don't like it, it has a yep. lot of good aspects about it. There are so much cool things about it. But I, I remember one person in our Discord, uh, Breadfish, um, in uh, the Game Us Discord, said this, where I feel like Mario RPG is a victim of its own uh, like fame legend. and success. It's legend. Where I think the game is very cool, and for the first Mario RPG, this is extremely impressive, the but it is better. no Paper Mario. It like, is no Paper Mario. I think like, even Paper Mario the... improves on literally everything. <laughs> Same with most of the Mario and Luigi games. Like the bet, like there's no dynamic with the party in Mario and like this Mario game. Like you don't like, I don't know. Like in Mario and Luigi, you have Mario and Luigi going back and forth, and that's the comedy, and it always hits. And there's like none I, of the comedy. I didn't like laugh or anything. I, I thought I like, will say the comedy the one, just wasn't working for me. I, I will say the one thing about the comedy that really worked for me. I love whenever they do charades. 
Sometimes <laughs> trying to explain something to someone. I fucking love those jokes. I think the game is charming. It is it is funny in the same way like a lot of other Mario games are. But no, like it is just a paper Mario is better. <laughs> it hurts for me to say it, but like I think this game has so much quality, but that combat is so basic. There is nothing else to it other than yeah. attack magic. It, it is Final Fantasy one type combat, and I'm whoa, not like whoa, saying whoa, like whoa, a whoa, mean whoa, thing. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. Let me finish. <laughs> I'm not saying it as a bad thing in the fact that it's Final Fantasy combat. Final Fantasy one came out in 1987, and I think it is the exact same combat as this game, which came out in 96. And I think it really shows its age when you see games like Octopath, when you see games like other turn-based games. Can you name some other turn-based games? I'm really stupid Persona. right now. <laughs> Persona. Persona. you see what they're doing. The actual, trails. like, the... Yeah, sure, Trails as well. You see all that they're doing in terms of the turn-based genre and what they're, like, accomplishing, like, adding these new systems, these new mechanics. Mario RPG just looks archaic in comparison. And I think what it is, I love old games. I don't think I like RPGs. <laughs> they really is just, like, I think RPGs have drastically improved from what they used to be and i don't know it's tough for me how many hours in are you i i think like this game this game took me nine hours to be sure i was rushing it but i mean like i mean i I that's the thing i'm not rushing because i just i was i was dreading playing this game like it was a chore every single just don't play it yeah Yeah. (laughs) you but let's you no, said, no, no, no! I just like what? I like I couldn't play the game in such long sessions like I have been. Like I beat another game I'll talk about separate ways in a day, and I could never do that with Mario RPG, even given its length, because I could I couldn't sit there and do that for a day. It's just so, I, I, it feels monotonous. Like it feels like that. Co- it's like every combat encounter is the same thing, where I'm just attacking. Oh, I and it's easy. I'm on normal mode, and I'm like barely even thinking about these fights. Where it's like I have like ten mushrooms and ten fucking honey syrups that restore like half my health. It's like I don't have to think about any fight because they give you like a thousand coins, and it's like yeah. I, it's a very easy game. But it's not easy in the okay. At least there's something else here for me. Like I just don't think there's enough there. And I, I'm not calling this being bad. It is far, far from bad. I think there's so much charm still. I think it is a good Should game. A very. Good, $50 minimum. Yeah, it's way too expensive. This is not a $60 game. Even disregarding it is, its length. Like, this game just could stream $60. It could have been 40 Yeah. It could have been 40 Which is a shame. Yeah, I, I thought this could crack my top three with all I heard about it, but it's like number, what, like 30 on my list? It's a victim of its own legend. Like, I just yeah. think that the Mario RPGs grew and learned from the lessons that this game did. I think I love a lot about... I, I love the unique enemy designs. There's so many cool enemy designs. There's just this freaking Donkey Kong-looking dude who's, like, got chains around him. Like, I'm like, that is cool. That is weird. That is fun that they're doing characters like that instead of just Goomba and Koopa Troopa. But also... I just don't think there's enough interesting things in the combat with those enemies to make me warrant being excited to play it. Very Maybe I shouldn't play this game and start something else. Just, Maybe I should just go buy Alan Wake right now. Yeah, you should. Even, honestly, this could be a good balance for like a horror game. Well, you don't get scared, so never mind. I mean, like, that's just the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> like, just a nice vibe game with a dark vibes game. That'd be cool. Yeah, also... also- Fusion, you won't you won't get much enjoyment out of this game. I'll tell no, you right now. No, don't play it. 
Don't play it. Yeah. Fusion will go like, there's no emotions. Why doesn't Mario have a tragic backstory? <laughs> I mean, fair. And I will, it will never go on sale for me to buy anyways. That's true. Yeah. It's never going to go on sale. <laughs> yeah, God bless. Um, playing, yeah, yeah. You uh, said separate ways. Resident Evil 4 separate ways. And man, this is just a really good DLC. Just like, it took me like three and a half hours to beat. Very like quick, e- easy in and out, but it, like the pacing, it weaving into the RE story you did, it made me just re- it reminded me how good RE4 was, and that gameplay was just amazing. And I actually found separate ways to be a bit harder than RE4 was, which was a nice challenge, especially towards the beginning of it. Which and also the boss fights were great. Like I don't know, just all around was very positive on it. And for ten bucks. This is an easy, like, recommend for sure. Everyone who played Resident Evil 4 should play separate ways. Yeah, and no, I need to get to it by the end of the year, because I did really enjoy RE4 Remake, and pretty much everything I hear about separate ways is that it improves upon, uh, it adds a lot of the story things that were missing from it. Or at least, I don't know, expanded on it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've been playing one more yeah, thing I could talk about. Yeah. Since I've been traveling just for the holidays, I did end up Pretty much holding off on Red Dead 2, and I'll get back to that actually tomorrow. It's been over a week. But I booted up Final Fantasy 1 Pixel Remaster. And this game was just an absolute delight. A very pleasant surprise. I thought, because I've been wanting to go through the Final Fantasy games in numbered order for quite a while. pretty Just pretty casually over a long time. And just playing this game is just so fun. In contrast to like playing Mario RPG, which is also kind of an RPG in the same vein. Like, this game is just so much better. The combat, sure, it's simple, but it's also satisfying. In Mario RPG, like, there's the... Battles can take a little bit. And even when they end, you have to, like, if you level up... Like, those little things that add some extra seconds kind of, like, hinder on wanting to get into a battle because you just want to keep going. And Final Fantasy is kind of, like, quick, easy, and out of battle. And it's, like, you can turn off random encounters and stuff, so you don't have to worry about that. And I'm about to beat the game. And, I mean, it's kind of got... Breath of the Wild vibes, to be honest. Like, I'm going throughout this world, and I don't really know where to go, kind of. Where, like, it's kind of like people are saying stuff in a town, and it's kind of grabbing my attention, and that's kind of where I'm supposed to go, but the game doesn't tell you where that's where you're supposed to go. So it's kind of, and the world is cool. I mean, the party is, like, no-name people. They're just random jobs. Like, there's the warrior, red mage, white mage, and black mage, all of which I named myself, Wolf, Dark, and Fusion. Oh, oh my god! You just named them. So that's pretty cool. That's fucked up. Moon just getting listen, outed like that. Listen, I, I, <laughs> you can name characters in other Final Fantasy games. I'll continue to keep the trend. So I'll continue to not call them Moon. Like Moon's just sitting there, like fucking disrespectful. <laughs> Sorry, like Moon. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this could pop my like top fifteen of the year. Could stay there. And I mean, it's only Final Fantasy one, and I hear like four and six are absolute delights. And just the pixel remaster's quality is very good. Like the they pretty much like reorchestrated like all of the music for these six games. And this the first soundtrack is absolutely incredible. Like another thing, going back to Mario RPG. Sorry, you Mario. Oh my god! No, 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 no! You do not touch that soundtrack. You do not touch that soundtrack. That soundtrack is not. It's not bad. It's pretty great. However, (laughs) I was I've been told this is like some of the greatest work in musical history, Mario RPG, and it's just not. Like Final oh Fantasy, what is, I find what myself humming do? these songs whenever during like Thanksgiving and stuff. And Mario RPG, I like none of that music clicked with me weirdly enough. Like it's not a soundtrack I go 
It's oh. not a soundtrack I'd go and like download and rip on my phone. Like Final Fantasy One, yeah, I can probably do that. But like I'm not gonna go through the trouble of doing that for Mario RPG. I'm not you're not good enough to pirate. Look, that's insane. The Mario RPG soundtrack is immaculate. Uh, and I love how you can uh, motherfucker, I don't give a shit. No, I, you you switch between the classic and the remix. That is awesome. I love doing that for every area. I think that is easily the best one. <laughs> like this, you're crazy, bro. Hate this guy. <sighs> Freaking Final Fantasy fanboy over here wants to have an opinion on Mario RPG. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Dark Day, do you want to talk about anything other than Tactica, or did you have anything oh. else? I went through Borderlands 2 for like 5 billionth time. Let me tell you, if you guys haven't played Borderlands 2, the jump from 1 to 2 is insane. I don't know what it is about this game. Nostalgia is probably a big thing for it, for me, but it also is a really does hold up as one of the best looter shooters. It is so easy to go back to, and you always find fun shit to do. And the playthrough is not long. It'll take you like 8 to 12 hours to do a normal playthrough. So, I don't know. I was just in the mood for something good, and that's why I went to. Fantastic game if you haven't played it. Yeah, Borderlands is a... I love Borderlands 2. Uh, back in the day, though, I, I think I've tried to revisit that game like five times with friends, and we can never get past like the first city, like the major city. <laughs> We're just, I don't know. But um, what's it called? I, 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 do, I, I, I do love that game. Uh, I, I think... I, 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 you were still saying some crazy things about Borderlands 3. <laughs> like, I don't know what the... Yeah, Borderlands 3, there's a whole... If we do a retrospective on Borderlands, I'll go deeper into Borderlands 3. But um, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinions I've talked about, Handsome Jack is a contender for the best villain in gaming. I think for me, it's between him and the Persona 5 Royal villain. I love Handsome Jack, I will give you that. Uh, the villain in Borderlands 3 is absolute dog shit in comparison. Yeah, that's an interesting thing in and of itself. Um, I think that's... I, oh, I also... I've been playing the GTA game the gta sorry guys um uh, i finished my city i fucking love that game i will found a way to talk about gta again god bless god bless never gonna end <laughs> i'm <No>. sorry <laughs> listen i'm okay legitimately though like replaying my city one gets me so much more excited for six because i am so excited to go back to the city see it in a modern day sense because vice city is such a phenomenal setting and i i like i i remember beating Vice City and going like this is a good game replaying it I'm like holy shit this is actually just one of the best like Rockstar games still like it genuinely like improved upon everything that 3 did and made it bigger better I love the assets I love the properties Tommy Versetti is such a good protagonist it, it is a vibe game and uh, more than any other GTA game like I feel like the vibes of Vice City are immaculate and the 80s music is so good i always jump on v rock and the fact that like just getting 80s music i was sucker for 80s it's like a big thing i'm into and i love the fucking soundtrack in that game um and i also started up san andreas i, I told myself i wouldn't <laughs> i told myself i didn't play through san andreas as well but hey guess what i'm playing through san andreas now and uh yeah that game's still the best one easily but yeah um the, uh, hopefully I won't talk GTA the next coming weeks, you know? Maybe um, maybe I don't like GTA anymore. Who knows? No, you're going to uh, end up pl- making a meal prep about GTA 6 without any actual footage. Yeah, that's planned for next week. No, I'm kidding. No, no, we'll, we'll, 
we will wait until the trailer first. <laughs> I think it would um, be funny if you did make that video. Yeah, right. <laughs> he could uh, be him, him by himself, a solo podcast. Oh yeah, well, that's that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much everything that uh, we've been playing. Um, and you're ready for amateurs. Yeah. So thanks for joining in on this episode of a. Actually, it felt like a real podcast, not just like a news podcast, but just like a podcast of how we just kind of just started talking about everything. So that was kind of nice. So hope you all guys enjoyed. Uh, for us fellow Americans, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. If you're not an American, hope you had a good Thursday. Uh, so we'll see you guys <laughs> on the next week, on the next episode. And we got Slice of Anime coming out. And who knows, maybe we'll have another video coming out in the next week or so of some other topic. But hope you all join in on anything that we put out. So make sure to like, comment, subscribe on the various platforms that we're on. And say good night, everyone. Good night. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night, gang. <laughs>